0: What's up everybody, hello and welcome to episode number 93 of the audio podcast with the VK bros, Jason and Alex on Camel. Today's going to be the big federal election special. We've got, obviously we're about, we're recording this on Thursday the 12th of May. We are about a week and a bit out from the federal election, obviously pretty important, Very important. Uh, time, one of the most important elections in recent memory, uh, I, I believe.
1: I think so.
0: Uh So we're going to get into a little bit of information today in regards to things like policies from the major parties, some of the minor parties, which is starting to, I guess, get a little bit of traction Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And we are just going to run through some of the policies because unfortunately, one of the things that I think, to make an assumption, I think the majority of Australians do not check policies or read policies before picking a party to vote for. It's not their fault either, because
1: the the governments don't talk about policy. That's right. They so, don't advertise on policy. All the billboards
0: yep. are about trying to shit can. That's right. Negative advertising. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to go through some of the policies today. the The purpose of this is not to tell you guys who to vote for. The purpose really is to bring some of the policies to light that... You may not have even known about which might even open your eyes to hey i haven't even thought about voting for that particular party maybe i'll do a bit more of my own research into them uh, and make it a bit more of an informed choice obviously when we do talk about policies we are going to be fairly biased in regards to which policies we think actually work for us Mm -hmm. our situations are probably going to be different from yours so certain policies might benefit you certain policies might not so at the end of the day all you want to do is try to uh Not educate, but... uh, Just highlight. Highlight, yeah. Shine a light on some of these policies and uh, help you guys make a more informed decision. But before we get into that, there's a couple of little things that Alex just wants to clear up from uh, big things happening around the world. Uh,
1: First thing is, which I didn't enlighten you about before, and it is a bit of a um, kick in the nuts for myself, but... Uh, going off our very sensitive topic last week, mm-hmm. I was wrong in how I didn't think that anything was happening in that schmishmorton space. Right, but there actually is. Okay, so we'll have to reignite that Tinder box <laughs> another time. Right. Um, Are you going to explain what you're wrong about? Oh, just I thought it was purely an opinion piece, and, and that's why like I didn't. It, there was no point in going into it. But now there was a Senate hearing in in America. And right. It was a vote, so it has actually moved. It has actually something has has changed there. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> let the games begin. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah. Uh, so, my, yeah, I, I got that wrong. Yeah.
0: I, I called that one wrong. And just one thing I'll say on that too, because obviously last week was a pretty polarizing episode, and we did get a bit of feedback, and some of it was like the thing that I love about the feedback the most is that the feedback itself was super balanced. Yeah. So we know we're not going to get stuff right every single time. What we try to do here is discuss topics in the most open way we possibly can. We admit when we're wrong. Yep. And we want discussion, like these are, these are big issues and they should be talk, like spoken about. And the problem is, I think too many times the right people don't discuss these hot button topics purely because something could possibly go wrong when you do. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who did reach out and give you feedback. Yep. Uh, we, we definitely take it all on board. And uh, I really, really like the fact that the people who did, it was just balanced yeah. feedback. It I, wasn't just, no, nah, you guys are wrong because of this. It was, hey, I don't agree with you on everything that you said, yeah. but these are some good points. This is my perspective on it. I think that's one
1: thing we try to get from the outset on this show is that we want to learn how to... How to not debate's not the word, but how you can bring up a subject and how you can—you mm. you shouldn't just be hard and fast in your. You should yeah. always be open to new ideas. 100%. So yeah, th- uh, I think, and I was wrong. I was. Th- some action has happened. There'll be more that happens in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a nothing story last week, but I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um Now, next thing is, I had drums on my phone. Someone at the gym smashed the screen on my Pixel. Mm-hmm. Took it to the shop to fix it, $530 to get a new screen r- repair. Mm-hmm. Screen, now my th- fingerprint scanner doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I did a bunch of research myself. The shop is saying that Google's not allowing them to access the configuration tool, yeah. which is confirmed by my research as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, well, that's if I had the option to spend $530 and not have the phone back in the same state, mm-hmm. or made a different choice. Working through that, they've offered to give me a full refund, but they want another guy fixing it. I've got to send it away. Mm-hmm. So my whole business is on my phone. Yep. I'm addicted to my phone. I need it. So I went and bought another phone. Mm-hmm. And I joined the dark side again. And I bought an Apple. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, okay. So now why, why did I do that? I did that because I'm sick of the support, the Android support. Mm-hmm. So Samsung was good. Samsung was always good, but you always have to send your phone away. Yep. Um, I liked being able to use like an aftermarket guy, Bing, bang, boom, in and out. Yep. uh, uh, I go to Optus to try and buy one Mm. outright. I buy all my phones outright because I turn them over like every eight months. Mm -hmm. So I go go into Optus. Do you have one of these in stock? I want an iPhone 13 Pro in blue. Yep, we've got them in stock. It's in here ready to go. Okay, how much are they outright? 1800 1800 bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll take one of those. Goes out the back, comes back. Oh, the manager says he won't sell one to you outright. Like, what do you mean? And like, he goes, well, you we can put it on a payment plan. I'm like, well, how much is it on a payment plan? It's like $140 a month. I'm like, yeah, but for 12 months. Well, what does that equate to? $1,800. Mm. So it's the exact same amount. Yeah. Okay. And what's involved with that setup? Oh, I would need to grab your driver's license. We need to sit down. And I'm like, dude, I just want to give you money and yeah. walk away with it. Oh, let me review your plan and see if I can help you. Because I've got three plans with them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're on a legacy plan, so you'd actually have to choose a new one. Here are the new options. Shows the new options on the screen. It's exactly the same as what I've got now for
2: five oh, more money.
1: <laughs> and I said, okay, so you're going to make me jump through these hoops, yeah, just so I can pay you more
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and completely uh, uh, upend my own strategy the way that I want to do it. I mm-hmm. want to own that yeah. thing myself, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're going to make me buy it from somewhere else, yeah. Wow. I said, can you see how fucked that is? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, there's nothing I can do. And he goes, there's low stop. So lucky that happened though, because <laughs> I put the word out yeah. and shout out to Chris, hooked me up, Apple employee, got an Apple employee, mm-hmm. got the staff discount, paid $1,440 for the phone, yeah. picked it up the next day and the service was impeccable. Yeah. I walk into the nice shop at, uh, in the city in Brisbane. Oh hello, Alex. Um, yep, yeah, you'll th- just wait over here, and somebody over with you just a moment. Wait, forty-five seconds. Guy mm-hmm. comes up with the nice little bag, uh, sitting up over there, mm-hmm. and the device, but not in the bag. And he yeah. goes, "Oh, here's the device. It's just confirming. It's blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, These are the things that you need to know. Are you coming from it?" And ran me through it. Yeah. Did a presentation. Now I needed to ask how to get my stuff off Android to Apple. Mm-hmm. Come this way, sir. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Like extremely premium. Well, he's a genius. He's a genius. Hmm. Now, the swap over process was not as fluid as what I would have liked. I know yeah. Apple to Apple's really really good. Apple and to Apple is the best. Google to Google's really really good too. It's very easy. You just sign into your accounts and it's basically there. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't difficult. And I have to say, like my review on the Apple mm-hmm. battery life, insane. So I've only got the 13, not the 13 max because I wanted to go smaller yeah. um, uh, this time for my tight pants. I went, a f- uh, uh, I got 20% battery life. So I'm, I'm on my phone at like 6am mm-hmm. and I get off my phone at like 8.30, 9pm yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm a power user. I'm on the phone all day and I had 20% battery life when I went to bed. And f- my... Google, uh, my Pixel Six Pro, mm-hmm. top of the range that Google offered, the late, their latest generation phone. At I would be at twenty percent battery life at five o'clock in the evening. Yeah, yeah. So so awesome for that. Some little niggly stuff like this doesn't this doesn't trash all the um, scam texts. Okay, like my Pixel does automatically. You don't even know you get them, right? Um, but. I'm overall, I've been I've been happy so far, but I'll keep you posted because I am very critical of the of, the, uh, of tech. Yeah. So yeah. I'll keep it posted. Now the next story: cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Shit the bed. Yeah. Literally, like Amber heard their way <laughs> into the red. Yep. Um, currently, and I'm using US dollars here. Uh, uh, currently, Bitcoin has broken the thirty thousand dollar. Uh, resistance mark, which yep. <clears throat> is not a good thing, mm-hmm. where it's gone to
0: twenty nine. Uh,
1: currently, as we sit now, twenty nine thousand eight hundred sixty seven US dollars. I think it was two
0: weeks ago that you and I both said on the pod that we only see sideways movement in Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so a stable coin. Probably another good example of how we don't always get it right. But it's a great segue into the reason why it
1: failed. Mm. There was a protocol called Terra. Terra. Uh, just another uh, uh, just another blockchain, but it had its own stablecoin. Stablecoin mm. is like USDT, USDC, which is a digitalized token that represents one US dollar. Right. So it should never move. It should always be one. Yeah. Right? Now, most of those protocols are pegged to the dollar by actual fiat money. Right. I.e., for every one USD tether token, there is one us dollar sitting in a treasury somewhere at that company
2: yeah now
1: it's argued whether they have it or not mm. but that's the idea
2: yeah
1: us uh ust which is the uh tether uh, sorry the terra lunar protocols stablecoin, mm-hmm. dropped to 25 cents what was it before a dollar. It's oh, a dollar. always right, got to right, be a dollar right. US. Yeah. It's got to be one US. It went down to 25 cents. Yep. Now, the difference between that one, that stable coin, and most other stable coins is that it's algorithmically pegged to the US dollar.
2: Right.
1: So it's not backed by a US dollar. No. It's, it's backed by a collection of other assets, digital and I think physical, and algorithm is supposed to do it. So the algorithm's broken. Right. Which caused a massive, massive, massive sell-off, and we're talking, we're talking terror, uh, terror Terra at its high. Um, its high was one hundred and sixteen US dollars. Yep. Today, right now, is trading at a dollar fifteen. Wow. And that <laughs> that high was on at the start of the month. No, two months ago. Two months
0: ago. Right. right. Okay. So is this Vladimir Putin's fault? No, no this, is just, this is flat out.
1: This is this company's fault. Mm. you got to remember that a lot of people, because they've watched this big rise of Luna, the token, mm. there's probably stacks of futures trades yeah. you know, on them. Everyone thinks it's going to ride up. Yep. And that's just completely capes the markets. Right Now, are we in a bear market scenario now? Some say we are. Mm-hmm. Some say this is the same
0: um, structure that the previous... All market's had where um, so again just for non-crypto people bear market yeah non-markets people a bear market is a market where everyone is scared and prices will tend to drop because people are fear selling a bull market when you're bullish on the markets is when you feel very positive about them and there'll be more investments going into them therefore driving the prices up best way to remember a bear
1: market a bear attacks by standing on its back two feet and coming down on you and grabbing you and a bull will hit you with horns and to flick you up (laughs) <laughs> okay, fair enough Okay, that's how yeah. I remember it Okay um, So we really need to see When the dust settles What's going to happen I don't. I think Terra's done yeah. I don't think They can re- recover from this There's Well, if the algorithm's aggressive.
0: broken You're never going to regain that trust And that obviously Anyone who's bought in At 100 and, what Was it? 120? 116 116 Yeah well, they've done their ass on it completely. Yeah. Yeah. And look, that you could hold it and hope for a recovery—that was probably what I would do yeah. if, if I was well, in I know that a situation. couple of people that have bought some now at a yeah. dollar sixteen. Well, it's not. No, yeah. And that, that I get that's that. the temptation. Yeah. Because that's that's the way that successful people make money in any market <laughs> is you buy in peak fear and you sell in in peak confidence, right? So, I can see the temptation there. But with something like that, which is based on an algorithm, which failed, work it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. So <coughs> I I just want to put this message out there because there's a lot of hurt. A lot of people, you know, I, I own some $56,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm rubbing my hand. like, <coughs> I know this is what the market does. That's right. My comments weeks ago about it not moving mm. was annoying, right? Do something. Do yeah. something. Now, obviously, we've got something. It's not the thing that we wanted, but yeah. this could also be this. This could also be the massive kick to you know the two hundred thousand dollars Bitcoin that people are talking about. Yeah, there will be a point where crypto markets hit a certain level where they
0: represent value again, and that people pop. Oh, of up, course, you know? and and one of the things is do I, not sell. Is, is yeah, so, don't sell at a loss. So like, and especially if you're invested in something like Bitcoin. Like, Altcoins, it's it's harder to gauge on what's going to happen with them yeah. down the track. Whether or not they're going to have the massive bounce back is all going to be based on whether or not people actually see value in them and support the protocols. The whole point of Bitcoin is it is the digital gold standard, yeah. which is the fact that it's a finite resource and eventually it will always end up beating itself. Yeah. It'll, it'll get back up there. So if you've got Bitcoin, hold it. One of the issues I think that... Maybe crypto investors, me included, haven't really factored into these sorts of widespread fluctuations in the market. Is that now that you do have in um, institutional investors in the crypto space, they need to be far more proactive at protecting profits rather than riding out waves. So, in other words, if that let's say that you had a a superannuation company that bought in a, at Bitcoin at 50k and it went up to like sorry this is like Australian dollars sure. so yeah. bought in at 50k and crypto uh, sorry bitcoin went up to 56k and then they saw it starting to drop down again they may have sold out a lot of their stake at 54 yeah anticipating the downturn simultaneously causing the downturn Taking when they've triggered a ma- sort of time, yeah. that's right when they've triggered a massive sell off because of the sheer amount of volume they own yeah and then when it hits the bottom those are the same institutional investors that will buy it back in at a discount. Yeah. Again, at a massive volume, which will drive that price back up. And I ought to be real, too. It's not just crypto markets that are... No, it's... The stock exchange has
1: been just the same. Did you see what Vanguard's ETF went to? Was it like 88 or... Yeah. 80, yeah. And a so, friend of mine had only said a week ago, oh, I put a buy order in at 88.
0: I'm like, it's, it's an ETF. It's, it's yeah. not going to... It's not going to do that. And then a week later, it did that. Well, I was to try to give myself a savings buffer. I went to sell some of my Vanguard last week when it was at $94. Yeah. But I was not at home. So I put in the sell order when the markets were closed. So you have to put it based on a... Um, like a, a margin of... Uh, yeah. Within a to, range of... That's right. Which the next day it missed because it dropped by a dollar. So then I put it in at a reduced... Rate for the next day and it missed again yeah. and I'm like well now I'm in a situation where if I sell it now i am cost myself way too much money yeah. so there's no point doing it I'm just leaving it in yeah. but you're right like the global stock market has had a massive uh, fluctuation too which again is one of the reasons why I think you're seeing this crypto sell off because all of a sudden people people are probably just trying to do what I was doing they'll go on ugh I see I see a downturn coming I'm going yeah. to sell off some of these assets to just hold on to the cash to give myself that little buffer because I prefer to sell it now while it's high mm-hmm. than tr- then be forced to sell it later when it's low and lose money on it yep yeah. you'll never go broke taking profits yeah
1: and and I, so I love seeing stuff in the red mm-hmm. because I've always got something i have part of my strategy I've always got something some money on yeah. the side in all my accounts yeah. waiting mm-hmm. to put in like to look for Hmm. Uh, opportunities like this, and the way you got to look at the, you know, Bitcoin thing, you're buying Bitcoin now twenty percent off.
0: Yeah, that's right. Like that's
1: the way you look at it. Yeah, it's a discount. And even if you bought it the tippy 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 top, I guarantee in years' time, mm-hmm. people will be having conversations saying, oh, I, "I, can you believe I sold Bitcoin at fifty thousand dollars? Right. Yeah, oh, I could have bought
0: some Bitcoin at fifty thousand dollars." People yeah. will be saying that for sure, absolutely, and it's. So the way that I've always looked at crypto, I'm not a day trader. I've always looked at it as long-term capital growth. Yeah. So for me, seeing the prices that they're at now, it's a great time to buy in, buy some Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? It's a perfect time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, you have to sort of assess what your goals are. Number one, don't invest more money than you can afford to yeah. invest. You need to have money there to operate your life. Yep. Yeah. Because when these downturns happen, if you are forced to sell, that's when you make losses. Yep. Um, but yeah, you need to. Crypto's great, Bitcoin's great, provided it supports your goals. So, whatever you. If you, if you want short term profits, Bitcoin's not your thing. Like Bitcoin just buying a now. Okay, let's say that you buy a now at 30,000 Australians. Is that what it's doing? No, going to? US. 30 US. Oh, so 30, 45, US. 45. Right. Uh,
1: I'll tell you, it is, it is 43
0: Australians. Forty-three thousand Australian, right? So that's a fairly decent downturn from about a week ago. was about fifty-six thousand Australian. So even if you bought in now and you got that uptick, you're only talking twenty percent profit. Yep. If you got an instant uptick, twenty so percent's not that huge a profit margin. If that's what you're looking for, there's other markets you can look at. Well, twenty percent's pretty. Twenty percent. I'll take twenty percent. You would take twenty percent for sure. Yeah. But i what I'm saying is that if you there are ways that you could probably make more than twenty percent in a more stable and sooner time frame. You can short nah, no way. No, nah, you're never gonna make twenty percent stably, never.
1: You're only gonna make twenty percent. I don't mean stably. Well you said stably, in a more stable oh, did I? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, I I yeah. didn't mean that. Yeah. But um
1: yeah, so um when I see red, I see opportunity. Smell that? Mm-hmm. What's that smell?
0: Opportunity. <laughs> it's money, you
1: jacket. No, what's the line
0: from um, The Big Short? Oh, I can't. He remember. says it wrong. I can't remember. Uh, but that. You need some sleep, man. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> My life is chaos at the moment. Speaking of chaos, uh, I apologise if you guys can hear any ambient noise in the background. We're obviously up in the Auto Bros shed, and the like cyclonic conditions yeah, yeah. Uh, have ensued. I thought I was going to need to build an arc just to get here this morning. But we're here,
1: week in, week out, for you. For you. Like and subscribe. Yep. Send this to a friend. Send this to someone who hasn't got the diamond hands that, that I have <laughs> and that needs the reassurance that they're not going to go broke. Yep. That they're, they're heavily invested in crypto markets. Yep. Send them this. Get, tell them to like and subscribe.
0: Yep. Tell them not to listen to their parents who are telling them to sell it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we're 93 episodes in and never missed one. Never missed one. Yeah, we'll always make it up. We do that for you. For you guys. All right, have you got anything else before we move on? No. Okay. So, obviously, the biggest thing that's happening in Australia right now is the federal election is due to uh, take place next Saturday, which is the 21st of May 2022. Now, early polling has already opened. So the majority of people who know full well, full heartedly who they're going to vote for are probably already voted by the time this drops. Right. But I also know that uh, many, many Australians are not politically engaged yep. and therefore we generally leave this until Saturday to go and vote. So what we want to do today is we want to highlight the policies of uh, six of the main parties which we believe obviously are worth looking at. Now, the Liberal National Party, obviously they're, they're the incumbents, they're, we're going to look at them, we're going to look at the Australian Labor Party, we are going to look at the Greens, we want to look at One Nation, we want to look at the United Australia Party, and we also want to look at the Liberal Democrat Party, which are starting to get a lot more traction uh, at the moment.
1: Yeah. Now, one thing I, I just want to say is we, we're going to stick to policy, we're not... I, I want to sort of preamble this with we know no matter what is said here does not mean that any of this stuff is going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's right. History
1: has shown that you can say whatever you want here yeah. and you can you can enact it later. But I suppose what we're looking for is a bit of a theme, a bit of a uh, maybe a nuanced view on the way that these parties think that us as a nation should move forward. And the first thing I want to say too is people should take Australia out of their political names. Isn't it obvious we don't need to market it to a global... Like, it's only for us.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Fair yeah. point. Um, but, yeah, that's probably something that I would say as well, too. One of the things that is tricky about politics... We should start, a, we should start our own political party called the Zimbabwe Federation Liberation Front. Yeah, that That's would, an Australian political party. That's a really stupid idea. <laughs> um, so, one, one of the tricky
1: things it's about... It's as stupid as saying Australia for an Australian political party. It's not.
0: It's nowhere near you don't,
1: it's don't you. have to name it. You don't have to name it the country that you're in.
0: Well, it's it's obvious. The only one that we've spoken about is the United Australia Party, which their party would indicate that they just want to unite Australia. So I don't think that's really that dumb mm, That's true. That's, yeah. true. that's true. That's true. it wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, can someone timestamp that one for yeah, yeah, yeah. me? Um, yeah, so one thing I will say is obviously policies are great. Now, what's the key to all of this is whether or not they've actually got enough support for those policies to be able to push them through. Now, in the last three years, we have seen a lot of the things that the LNP government, for example, campaigned on. They haven't been able to or have chosen not to achieve, uh, two of which were the uh, religious discrimination bill and also the... um, Oh no, why is it? It was some uh, technical
1: uh, uh, stuff. Oh, no, no,
0: the, the Federal ICAC, sorry. Yeah. Federal, Federal Anti-Corruption uh, Commission. So both of those things haven't happened. Now, they had a crack at the religious uh, discrimination bill, which got shot down, and I think they're going to have another crack at that anyway, but the Federal ICAC hasn't happened. Now... That's never going to happen. That will never happen.
1: No one's going to no introduce policing themselves. No one yeah. in work goes, you know what I need? A manager.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I need someone looking over my shoulder. Yeah. Like, it's never going to happen.
0: It's yeah. a pipe dream. I need someone to grill me publicly about all the dodgy shit that I'm doing.
1: And the ones that, all, that exist are pretty toothless anyway.
0: Yeah, so... So that's we, on us. We, we won't but get too I, far The that.
1: anti-corruption is us. Get them out.
0: Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, that's... Unfortunately, one of the things that we've gotten far too used to in this country, in my opinion is that we are, like, this is, South Park said it 20 years ago. We, we, it looks like, because the way that the media portrays the election is that it's a choice between Liberal or Labor. ScoMo or Albanese. yeah ScoMo or Albo. It's literally that you can either vote for a giant douche or a turd sandwich. Yeah. That's what we're getting. But it actually doesn't have to be that way. And something that all of us as Australians need to open our eyes to and you can apply this to your own workplaces. We we have all worked in a workplace that we've worked for a manager who is terrible to work for because they've got no accountability. Mm. The only way that we can actually get what we want from the people that we entrust to run our country at threes in a time is to make them accountable. Yeah. And what... Accountability comes down to what is important to you as a voter. Because obviously, like we said before, all voters have different personal situations and are after different things. So if you feel like the incumbent uh, government has done well in the last three years, that's totally fine. It's completely yeah. up to you. If you feel like they haven't, hold them accountable. Yeah. But as I had someone tell you to me the other day... Holding them accountable doesn't mean just vote for the Labor Party, because that was a sales pitch I received a few weeks ago, which was if you're not happy with the current government, well, the only way to hold them accountable is to vote for Labor. No, it's not so, the only way. It is a way. It is a way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's kick on. Cool. So let's start with the LNP, the Liberal National Parties. So, I guess uh, what we've done is we've, we've we've got all the pages open,
1: and yeah. we're just we're, we're just going to. Um, uh, go over what what they're they're saying their plan is yeah um a lot of them are formatted the uh, the only one that we like the format of is the UAP uh the United Australia Party it's the only one that is laid out in a in a way that would suit this this show but yeah uh we're gonna we're gonna
0: do our best so yeah so let's start with LMP and we'll go to so their policy so Australia's economic recovery uh Australia's economic recovery leads the world stronger than the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, and Japan. Unemployment is at 4%, the lowest in 48 years. Uh, Are we going to make comments on language throughout this? No. Okay. Uh, The budget also... Sorry, this budget also delivers the largest improvement to the budget bottom line in over 70 years. (laughs) Largest improvement from a very low baseline. (laughs) We can't not comment on language as we we go through. We should That's right. Right
1: and and you like they you've put us on such a low base the fact that any uptick is yeah. easy, and you've created it yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah, well, like you heard this stuff in the um American presidential election, and afterwards where uh twelve months after the election, Biden was like we've had the strongest economic growth in However, many years. It's like, yeah, because the whole place got decimated a year ago because of COVID. Yeah. All you've done is sat there and it's recovered naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's such because we had such a massive downturn before that. Right. Anyway, Kick on. getting back to it. So, where it says unemployment is at 4% lowest in 48 years. Also, obviously, that doesn't factor in underemployment. Uh, over five years, the budget will be over $103 billion better off compared to last year's budget projections. That's an interesting comment, too. <laughs> Because, well, how many times have we mentioned on this podcast, especially in regards to the pandemic stuff, you can project whatever you want. So if you project the worst and you overachieve compared to your own projection, you look like you're doing great. Yeah. So
1: all that says is that you've got shit projection as...
0: Yeah, exactly. But anyway, our economic plan is working. JobKeeper saved 700,000 jobs. I was actually listening to... Uh, ScoMo on Straight Talk with Mark Boris on the way up this morning Mm. Um, was actually interesting to listen to but he did say that number apparently there's new figures out today saying it's 800,000 jobs he's good at that though like ScoMo
1: is is a a showman yeah he's the Hugh Jackman of yeah one
0: one of the things that did come through and I think Mark Boris actually helped facilitate anyway whether it was pre-planned or not but He did highlight the fact that what ScoMo was before he became PM was the treasurer for three years, Mm. I think 2015 to 2018, 2019. So he obviously knows how an economy runs. Yep. And therefore those skills translate pretty well when you're being grilled on like the economy and stuff. And at least from being able to make policy decisions based on an economy, having experience in the area is actually a pretty important thing. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pick up. I have some thoughts about that, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, okay, so taxes are lower for more than 11 million Australians and 3.6 million small businesses and sole traders. Australia is one of nine countries to hold a AAA credit rating from the three leading credit agencies.
1: I'll give credit to that.
0: Yeah, 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 agree. That's, um,
1: the, that's the one big thing that,
0: yeah,
1: there is probably. We can get good tick here in Australia. Yeah,
0: yeah. And there has probably been more pressure on the economy this time around than during the GFC. But in
1: saying that K-Rud was able to maintain our AAA rating during
0: GFC. For sure, yeah, so. which is extremely impressive as well.
1: Yeah, okay, so,
0: hmm. cool. That is one thing i want to throw out there. Like, we, I think we said this before, but just to bring it back. I, for one, um, one of those people who I was not politically motivated uh, up until probably the start of the pandemic, and even then, when I became more politically motivated, at the beginning, it was more from a state level rather than a federal yep. level. Um, but I was one of the people who fell for the Murdoch media sales pitch of liberals are better economic managers than yep. labor forever. And being that the businesses that I worked in prior to now were all essentially businesses supported by liberal policies, uh, I never shirked away from that. So yep. I've always voted liberal. Yeah, This year, we're... Be different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which just goes to show you that all you you are allowed to change your mind, like on. Well, it's not
1: changing your mind. It's actually it's actually uh, applying your mind to look at it rationally and engaging in democracy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the next one is long-term plan for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, backing small business, government's back small business with lowest tax rate for fifty years, reduced from thirty percent to twenty-five percent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, introduce the instant uh, asset write-off uh, to further encourage small business. One hundred twenty dollars deduction will be provided for every hundred dollars spent on training staff or digital technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, Two hundred twenty thousand trade apprenticeships to encourage apprentices. You get five grand, um, or, or fifteen thousand dollars wage subsidies. Um, Victoria, the first place in the southern hemisphere to manufacture mRNA vaccines.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, awesome. Uh,
1: this technology that obviously doesn't work. Um, oh, no, it works. It's a good money maker. <laughs> new funding will uh, drive collaboration between universities, CSIRO, and industry to rapidly commercialise new technologies and clean energy, which is interesting because they cut a lot of CSIRO funding prior to this. Mm. Um, patent box for well,
0: agriculture. You'd stop the clean energy, but it says clean energy, medical supplies, Mm. defence and other priority areas. Yeah,
1: this government didn't care about their own medical supplies that we made here in-house. Yeah, and and that is a
0: point that, again, I think we made that last week or the week before, but uh, whatever side of the the COVID debate you fall on, the reality is Australia had access to home-growed, developed and produced technologies Mm. from vaccines to rats to masks that we didn't purchase from Australian companies. We Mm. sent our taxpayer money to overseas companies instead. Yep. So, yeah. Uh,
1: Nation building projects like Melbourne to Brisbane Inland Rail and Western Sydney International Airport and Snowy 2.0 are well underway. Budget includes new commitments to road and rail projects that will build our future. Unprecedented regional investment will fast-track development across blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I do want to say <laughs> from a small business point of view,
2: yep.
1: the stuff that they offered, and I've said it here on the, on the show before, the stuff that they offered small business, I got zero of. Mm. Every single one was a was a absolute showpiece Yeah. hey go and get this here's, here's some help we'll go 50-50% um, uh, and we'll help you invest Yeah. I can access none of it I was sitting in a group of five other small business owners and we're all in the same boat none yeah. of us got a cent
0: yeah so that is something important too which you should, you should look at and speak to your network is saying policies is one thing but how did it actually play out in practice yeah it didn't yeah okay, so kick on. You do cost of living cool. relief. Cool, so the next thing... This is the
1: one that I'm going to find really interesting because this is, I think, is the hardest one.
0: This, to, get to to figure out cost of living relief? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So, cost of living relief. Events abroad are pushing up the cost of living at home. Putin's price hike, as, that, as <laughs> it's commonly yeah. called. Uh, Higher fuel, food, and shipping costs are increasing inflation and stretching household budgets. Now, again... Uh, One of the biggest problems of inflation is the amount of money we printed and borrowed Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, which they they have left out. The Morrison government is introducing a new temporary, targeted, and responsible cost of living package to ease these pressures. For the next six months, fuel excise will be cut in half. Australians will save 22 cents a litre every time they fill up their car. Now, have you noticed a 22 cent a litre saving? I did. I did for like two weeks, yeah, and then it all went away. It's and diesel is two dollars twenty. Yeah, I I noticed that too. So it's sort of like it came in when there was the, the enough press about it for yep. it to put the pressure on the the fuel pumps to actually yep. lower the prices, and it slowly crept back up again. So yep. they've just obviously built in a little bit more margin. And diesel
1: where all your trucking, all your transport, <laughs> all your boating is all done—that's skyrocketed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm not going to worry about their... Little breakdown of how much a family yeah t- just
1: just flick it otherwise we'll be here all day. Yeah, that's so just right. flick through it as much as you can.
0: Uh, blah blah blah. Temporary reduction in fuel excise will not come at a cost to road funding, which will see more than twelve billion spent in the coming year. A new one-off four hundred and twenty dollars cost of living tax offset will be provided for more than ten million low and in, middle income earners. This means people receiving the low and middle income tax offset will get up to fifteen hundred dollars and couples up to three thousand dollars from the first of July this year. This measure comes on top of the $40 billion in tax relief already provided by our government since the start of the pandemic. A new one-off $250 cost of living payment will be delivered to 6 million Australians, including pensioners, carers, veterans, job seekers, eligible self-funded retirees, and concession card holders. Together with existing indexation arrangements, this will see that a single pensioner receive more than $500 in additional support, just when they need it most. To provide further cost of living relief, 2.4 million Australians will get greater access to cheaper medicines. Australians will need fewer scripts before they're eligible for free or further discounted yeah. medicines.
1: So that does not fix the cost of living. Giving people money does not fix the cost of living. It actually makes it worse. So. Yeah,
0: and, and so this is, like you said, this is probably the trickiest thing and the, one of the most relevant things for me leading into the election is we, we are in a really, like, as, as, as good as we have managed our economy throughout this pandemic... We are in a position now where the reality is our debt has gone through the roof mm-hmm. as a nation and the interest bill on that debt goes through the roof with it. The only way to be able to pay that debt off is through higher taxation or whatever it Great is. Taxes, you taxes. Yeah, anyway. you, need to, you need to bring in more revenue. Now- one way that you can bring in more revenue is by stimulating the economy to have that money flowing A through. Trickle down, yeah. yeah, trickle down. So then you get that money back in the form of income tax or GST or, or whatever it is. But as you said, it, it, every single time governments hand out money for whatever the reason, it generally doesn't make cost of living cheaper. It just means that that money gets added on top of whatever the current cost is. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So. Okay, so I, I'm going to try and blow through this a lot quicker, otherwise, I'll be here all day. Yeah, so, the
1: next section says supporting small business, which says the same stuff that we said in the first bit. Yep. So, they've literally just doubled up. Yep. Uh, investment in skills, again, they've doubled up. That's yep. what they, they said before. Mm-hmm. Um, stronger defense and security. I'm going to stay away <laughs> from the, uh, the defense and security thing because I. Uh, I I would rather, genuinely, I'd rather us have a better relationship with our partners as opposed to. I, I yeah. love it how with China we <laughs> pose up like that we want to fight you, but mm. they're our biggest trading partner. Yeah. And we're only pandering to because America doesn't like it. America doesn't have as close a relationship with China as we do. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah so that's right.
1: Okay, so that's done. Turning regions into economic powerhouses. So this one I think is surprising. Liberal, uh, LNP, LNP has committed over 100 billion to strengthen regional economies
0: since 2013. So that's not a new policy. And that's what they're... they've done. Yeah,
1: um, develop Northern Territory, building positions to the gateway to Asia and the North, strengthen Northern Central Queensland to grow f- the food bowl, invest in Pilbara in WA to accept. So this is all just mining. We're, we're giving miners heaps of money. That's that's the that. farmers. And farmers. And farmers. Um, Although, I, how come I don't hear about miners bleating for more money, but I hear lots of farmers. Um, regional package also includes major investments in water projects. Uh, new $7.4 billion invest in more dams and water projects. Um, $2 billion in regional accelerator program for, to invest in um, skills, education, infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. That's easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Telecommunications package, that's easy stuff.
2: Uh,
1: okay, building infrastructure, $120. Pipeline um, has... Already completed over thirty-five thousand. Okay, so they've already done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, building rail, Brisbane to Sunshine Coast faster rail. Okay. Yep. Um, Sydney, Newcastle, some so some rail stuff here. Five hundred million is being provided to local councils for priority projects, and digital eight hundred eighty 880 million will be connected to regional Australia with ports, airports, and transport hubs. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, better health and essential services. Government will be delivered. Um uh, increase federal funding to hospitals to 13.3 billion to 25.2 billion
2: mhm
1: not sure if we're actually really seeing that
0: no well what's interesting and look obviously that's federal funding so i'm pretty sure that the um, federal and states have like a 50-50 funding share at the moment i wow. um I'm not 100% on that i could be wrong but what is interesting is so that was saying that they've increased federal funding for hospitals from $13.3 billion in the 2012 13 financial year to $25.2 billion in the 2021 22 financial year. Uh, like you said, I don't know if we are actually seeing the result of that because it's not. It That's seems just inflation, be, man. But it also, That's the same money. Yeah, and it also seems to be every day. You're still hearing stories about ambulance ramping times yep. um, going through the roof. I've got a friend of mine who's an AMBO who I've been speaking to a lot throughout the pandemic. And she basically said, like, remember we've spoken about before, how they were like, oh, it's all because of COVID. No, this was a problem long before COVID. Yeah, way before COVID. Um, and
1: I think the fix is not throwing money at it. It's, it's um, creating better systems for, like... Of course. So so they streamlining can end-
0: processes. So yeah, you don't have yeah. to spend so
1: much to get things done. And don't fire a large portion of your um, workforce.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the next section... uh... That's interesting. The budget includes new funding for more vaccines, testing and treatment and PPE to boost our national medical stockpile ahead of winter.
1: Yeah, okay. We knew that was coming.
0: Yeah, more headspace services, community-based treatment centres and digital mental health support. It is interesting that there's a lot of... uh, A lot of um, acknowledgement of mental health issues now. Yeah, like we didn't know that was going to come. Yeah. uh, A substantial women's health package, including stillbirth and miscarriage support, new endometriosis clinics, and greater access to breast and cervical cancer screenings, which again is something that we know fell off during the pandemic because those services weren't taken up by people. But I always know that it's been pushed because I know there's a lot of advertising, um, you know, uh, put in the comments below or reach
1: out to us if that's not the case. Like if... but from a completely anecdotal
0: point of view, I see that stuff being pushed a lot. Yeah, from my personal experience, because I had two children during the pandemic, as much as they advertise these services from whether it was from a federal level or whatever, uh, the reality on the ground was that these services weren't available. So for example, um, with our first child, which was born in 2020, uh, we did have some issues with breastfeeding, for example. And trying to get access to um, there's like I can't remember what they call, but they're like specific clinics which specialise in that. They were closed. They yeah. weren't seeing people because of the virus. All right, so we've, we've got to fly through this. Yes, yeah. taking too long. Uh, okay, supporting home ownership. Now this is this is a big one for me.
1: Over the last hundred sixty thousand Australians purchased their first home. Mm-hmm. Uh, home builder first home super saver scheme. So all this stuff has just pumped the price of everything. Yeah. Home so this is
2: simple. the stuff
0: like like you're saying. So. Uh, We need to focus on this because what is so tricky about the Australian economy is so much of it is based around housing and all of these schemes- Not housing, housing price. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. You're right. Yeah. But all of these schemes, they sound great to help people purchase homes, but you need to ask yourself- Why is it that housing prices went through the roof when the economies were tanking? This is why. Because when you put government subsidy money up against any asset, it just increases the price of that asset. So the home guarantee scheme will now be doubled to 50,000 places per year. Single parents buy a home,
1: they get a deposit as low as 2%. Mm
2: -hmm. First
1: home buyers buy a home um, with a deposit as low as 5%. Just an FYI, I paid 3% deposit when I bought my place just as the GFC happened. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Hey, <laughs> hey, is that a, is that a signal? Yeah. Yeah. Protecting our environment. Now this would be interesting. And I'm um, interesting how, how low down it is on their, uh, on their, uh, yeah. Thinking, um, pathway to net zero. Everyone's talking about that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, highest uptake of rooftop solar in the world, which is not from the libs. That is a labor incentive. Right. Okay. Uh, Investing in clean hydrogen, carbon capture and storage, batteries, and large scale solar. I know that there's large scale solar because I've got some mates at work on those on those things. Right. Um, haven't seen any clean hydrogen, uh, although to- I think some brands, maybe Toyota's will get it. We uh, re- continue to reduce waste through recycling. Modernisation fund. Mm-hmm. Um. Protect, okay, expanding Indigenous rangers program to more than 1,000 new rangers, investing an in additional $1 billion in world-leading marine science to protect the Great Barrier Reef, enhancing our scientific capability in the Antarctic, uh, funding research and environmental management, providing $170 million to restore the habitat. So just... Okay, so if you just do a quick swipe, swipe all the way to the top, and then swipe all the way back down to the bottom again, yeah. it's the smallest. So they, that, protecting our environment for the LNP, is the only one that fits on my page. Right, yeah, I get you. Okay, yeah. and it's the second last, and the last one, the last one, can you scroll down?
0: Yeah, I'm there.
1: And and is this not, this, does this not summarise this government? Women's safety and economic security. Yeah, it's, so
0: it's literally last on the priorities list. The last <laughs> on the priorities list. So the, the political party that made Tony Abbott the minister for women, <laughs> following enough, as women's safety and economic security as last on their uh, female workforce participation is at a record high, and female
1: unemployment is at its lowest rate since 1974. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there, but is there, is, there is more to do. There is more to do. Okay. So glad to see that you've um, really prioritised it. <laughs> um, paper and leave uh, twenty weeks of leave. Um, Nothing too crazy. One hundred eighty thousand new parents who access paid parental service. Okay, so you're just doubling down on the paid parental leave. Budget uh, includes a sustainable new women's health program, including stillbirth and miscarriage support. Establishment of an endo. Okay, same endometriosis thing. Yeah, so that's just
0: just medical assistance that should be available
1: anyway. Uh, committed one point one billion for prevention of early intervention response for recovery programs. Budget includes one point three billion to help end violence. Vague term. Yeah, very vague. Uh, Frontline services, emergency accommodation, and support to access legal health services for women. Okay. Uh,
0: overall, pretty pretty lacklustre.
1: Pretty lacklustre. Like so, that page. Think about how many times that thing was like it was just copied and pasted from its yeah, previous. Yeah. So they haven't got a lot there. But so, let's move on. So
0: just one thing on that policy, uh, because obviously now I'm I'm in a family where I've had a wife who has left the workforce to have two children during this period of time, and obviously you know, so this is pretty relevant to my family. Yep. Um, literally it sounds like the only thing that they're doing is they have just been able to make, and I don't know if this was the case beforehand, but so where it says more families be able to access 20 weeks of leave. I believe that is the 18 weeks of the, um, paid parental leave plus the two weeks of the dad and partner pay, Mm. which is what I could be eligible for and decide how they'll share it between carers. So, all that literally sounds like is to help women get back into the workforce, we're just making it so that the father can become the primary carer and take the 18 weeks so mum can go back to work, which in a practical sense, if you're breastfeeding, doesn't actually work mm. at all. Well, you could be chest feeding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is
2: 2022.
0: Mm. Um, okay. Let's move to labour. Yeah. That, that, look, put it this way. There ain't a whole lot in there for women. <laughs> nah. So, Sorry, Darl.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that,
0: that let's wrap that up. That's L and P for you in a nutshell. All right. Australian labor party. Let's roll through. Um, they've from, got heaps here. We might have to, um, let's just go through and pick out some, I guess, important things. Cause a lot of it's going to be the same sort of stuff, you
1: know, uh, make it easy to see a doctor. I know they've been talking a lot about that. Um, Uh, make it easier for to so they're going to bulk up nurses which is which is good yeah Uh, which labour governments change the rules to allow regional out of metro communities to recruit more doctors of their choosing both locals and overseas trained GPs yeah I'm sensing a lot of this a lot of a lot of our issues here will be solved by getting overseas like migrant workers yeah yeah Uh, which I'm not adverse to but just don't whinge about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, expand the newborn screening program, increasing the number of screened conditions from around 25 to 80, improve pandemic preparedness and response by establishing an Australian Centre for Disease Control. We know how good the US one went. Um,
0: uh, yeah, uh, that is an absolute waste of money and it will have a negative effect on the country, which is what has happened with the CDC in America. Yeah. The CDC, if you look at the, the COVID pandemic got just about everything wrong that you could get wrong and was the driver of policy decisions in that country. Yeah, unelected unelected bureaucrats making decisions. That's right, who decisions. are accountable to no one and they made decisions which made the situation worse, if not better. If you want one great example of it is things such as lockdowns when we've, we know now that COVID is a disease that does not spread very well outdoors. What did we do? We locked people inside. So that policy in itself is probably single-handedly one of the reasons why the disease spread so much and became uh, an endemic disease in the first place because if you just let everyone go outside and get sunlight, vitamin D, et cetera, you, you probably could have a different result. Uh, cutting the cost of medicine. So millions of
1: Australians will save $12.50 on medical scripts under an Albanese government. Labor's committed to the cost of medication by reducing the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. Co-payment from current maximum of forty-two dollars fifty per script to a maximum of
0: thirty dollars per script. Okay, right. um, that's in that one. Do you want? Have you got a one? One thing I will say is, and this is a this is a biased thing from the way that I've always understood labor parties in the past, but it does seem to be come becoming through in a lot of their policies. One of the one of the things that has always been spoken about in Australian politics is that Labor spends heaps of money. And liberals then have to cut costs to to get the, bu- uh, the budget back into balance, and unfortunately, with a lot of these the labor policies that have been announced, it does appear to just be around spending additional money to give a it will all these things that end up doing is giving short-term relief, but then long-term pain when the um, like, like, for for example, one of the policies that they announced was uh, he's, Albanese supports a 5% wage increase to, keep in, to minimum wage to keep in line with inflation. Now, if you do that, there are... Like, it sounds like the right thing. And that's yeah. the problem with a lot of these, I guess you would call them more left-wing policies, is they sound at face value like they're the right thing to do by people, but in practicality, they can be either extremely difficult to do or they don't they have unintended consequences that you didn't yep. account for. And when it comes to doing things like trying to arrest inflation, increasing costs for businesses by five percent for your staffing for some small businesses can just result in things like not able to have as many staff on. Yep. So people lose jobs. Businesses can close down because again, a lot of them are coming out of the pandemic too. Like they didn't have it easy for the last two years. A lot of them are just on that that tippy tipping point where any additional increase in cost on top of the inflation they're already experiencing, yep. can make it even worse. And the problem is, if you move the minimum wage up, wage up by five percent, a lot of times the inflation just goes up another five percent too. Again, and
1: adding money, adding money to the to the supply does not does not fix it. Yeah, I um, just
0: I just wanted to. Uh, I've just seen here Labor's plan for cheaper childcare. Yeah, that's Be, I'm, yeah infuriating me. So this is a perfect example and as someone who's got children in childcare, I'm acutely aware of this. So it says only Labour has a plan to fix Scott Morrison's broken childcare system. Fees are up forty-one percent under the Liberals. Now there's no time frame in there, so I don't know when that forty-one percent occurred. Same. Our plan means ninety-six percent of families are better off, that's 1.26 million families, no family will be worse off. No one should be penalised for taking on extra hours, extra days, or a job. Improving our childcare system is fundamental economic reform. How families will benefit. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Labour will lift the maximum childcare subsidy rate to 90% for families for the first child in care. Increase childcare subsidy rates for every family with one child in care, earning less than 530000 in household income. Yeah, this is crazy. I... I'm sorry, but I don't think families earning 530k need childcare support. Hundred percent. They just don't. Hundred percent. You can afford the hundred bucks a day if you're earning that much well, money.
1: Well, um, I mean, Tasha's school. I think her school fees are like forty grand a year to go to, to, go <coughs> to school. And yeah. And if and the school's full. Yeah. Right. And uh, but, uh, uh, So they've said. That the cost of childcare has gone up by forty percent under yeah. the current incumbent government. So what are we going to
0: do? We're going to fund. We're going to more jack it, it. by ninety percent. Well, it's not jacking it by ninety percent because the the yes it is. no no the childcare subsidies are already like seventy six percent. It's just bridging it from seventy six right. up to ninety, right? So it's not jacking it by ninety percent, but jacking it is ninety percent. It is throwing more money at the problem, like which doesn't fix it. No, because all the childcare centres do is they go, oh, we're victims of inflation too, yeah, and they percent. just jack the prices They're up as well. Um, extend the increased subsidy to outside school hours care. Uh, so they claim, again, that 96% of Australian families will be better off. Uh, now, look, you might be better off in regards to childcare cost, but you're also increasing national debt, and there's some other things that could be part of that as well. But I, I just feel like that's that's probably a very good example of where... Unfortunately, some of Labor's policies do tend to be about handing out money without taking into consideration the unintended... But some of them have
1: been very good. Medicare has been very good. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. so we've got, we've got great health outcomes, and that's a, that's a Labor initiative. So yeah. I, get, I get it if you... say so where they think that will work is if the yield... Like, if the total productivity of Australians goes up by more than that percentage, then yeah. you get a good yield out of it. And yeah. society's a better place. For sure. But what I th- unfortunately what I think will happen as and there's no evidence to to, to counteract that is that uh, childcare centres just absorb the extra
0: profit and the yeah. price will go up. Well, it's like just like what we talked about with the fuel back where you started. the fuel subsidy. We gotta keep going. We've got to yeah, keep yeah. going. But just just to they've got it they've even got a breakdown down the bottom here of their high childcare subsidy. And it shows you by total family income how much uh, Childcare subsidy that you'll receive. So, what I find interesting is with the Liberals, they cap out their, the highest family income you can have to still get any subsidy at all is 350 grand for per household, in which case they're still subsidising 20% of your childcare costs. At the same figure, Labor's proposing to subsidise 37%, and then at 400 grand, they're still going to do 27%. At 450 grand, they're still doing 17%. At 500 grand, they're still doing 7%. I do not believe in this day and age that a family that's earning over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars needs a childcare subsidy. Nope, at all.
1: Yep. Okay. Next thing, I'm looking at um, a future a future made in Australia. So there's a Buy Australian plan and said that we're missing out on billions of dollars of government contracts right here in Australia that, that go to international competitors. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. 100% agree. Um, government spending in contracts is a significant economic driver in Australia, totaling nearly $190 billion over the last three financial years. We'll maximise the use of Australian-made goods, products and materials in Commonwealth contracts as well as our plans to invest in a future made in Australia. We've watched that happen when, when state governments, and I think it was the Queensland state government that got rid of, uh, she started buying, I think it was Anna Bly. Mm. no longer drove Australian cars
0: yeah okay. yeah. fixing
1: the ambient Labour will secure more Australian families and businesses quality high, uh, high speed internet by expanding four fibre five ambient access to 1.5 million premises that has been a slow rollout that's going to be really hard to do but if they're going to do it that's all, that's all good mm-hmm. um, even though Elon Musk has been able to cover more people in a less amount of time with, mm. with Starlink yeah. uh, and at a much cheaper rate yeah. um, that
0: was another thing that the Liberals stuffed up wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Labor will also keep the NBN in public hands, keeping internet costs for families affordable while ensuring improvements to network. Yep, I'm mm-hmm. good with that. Okay. Uh, more trains, trams and ferries built here. Yep, so we should build that infrastructure here. 100%. Yep. 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 Local defence jobs will come first to keep China safe and regional peaceful. We need to invest in defence. Local government needs to prioritise local jobs and contracts um, with our defence industry. Yep, so keep that in here. That's mm-hmm. cool. More apprentices more trainees. Under Monster Government, there have been 70,000 fewer people doing an apprenticeship or... Traineeship, as, as there was a decade ago, Labour will train thousands of workers. Yeah, okay, I'm over that. Next. Mm-hmm. Um, powering Australia. Okay, this is... this is. I think power is uh, like um, a very interesting hot point at the moment. Absolutely. Um, our plan is to create 604,000 jobs with five out of 60 jobs created in regions. It'll $76 billion of investment. Um, we'll cut power bills for families and businesses by $275 a year. For homes by twenty twenty five. Yeah, uh, prioritise growth and investment of uh, for regions that have served Australia's engine room for so long. Okay, I'm yet to see how they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, benefits of the Australian economy by backed up by the most extensive independent modelling. I hate yeah. modelling. Oh, yeah
0: again that's something that we've had big issue with during the pandemic because all you do is you model the worst case scenario you overachieve and then you pat yourself on the back so we will reduce
1: australia's emissions by 43 percent by 2030 we'll become australia's target under the paris agreement uh, keeping us back on track for net zero by 2050. look i flipped and flopped on the whether we should do it yeah we should do it but we've got to do it smart we should we should be net zero there's no reason why we should be net zero um it's just how we're going to get there i'm interested to see how people are willing to get there and it doesn't. It sh- LNP doesn't really illustrate anything. No, that's right. Pull together. Yeah. Um, Labor's power. In Australia will upgrade the electricity grid to fix energy transmission and drive down power prices. Make electric vehicles cheaper with an electric car discount for Australia's national electric vehicle strategy. Um, uh, 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 adopt a business council uh, to reduce. Prices over time. Okay. Protect competitiveness of emissions-intensive trade-exposed industries by ensuring they will not face greater constraint than their competitors. Ugh, don't like that. Yeah. Uh, allocate three billion from Labor's National Reconstruction Fund to invest in green metals, steel, al- alumina. alumina, alumina, and aluminium. Clean energy component manufacturing hydrogen electrolyzers, and fuel switching, agriculture, methane reduction in waste reduction. Okay, so they've got something in there, right? Yeah. Uh, provide blah blah blah, roll out 85 solar banks, install 400 community batteries across the country. Yeah. So a plan. They've actually got a plan. Yeah. Okay, labors will see. Uh, Key joined key trading partners in their ambition to 2030. Like Canada, Canada at 40 to 45 percent. South Korea at 40 percent, and Japan's at 46 percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, they've, they've got a lot there. I don't want to go through all of it, yeah, but yeah. I would say they have a plan about Paris trade. Yeah, and I, I would
0: encourage you to jump online and have a look because there are a lot of interesting things in there.
1: Uh, Labour's economic plan and budget strategy. Okay, again, I'm conscious of time. Yep. Uh, Okay, it's very small. It's very small. Five-point economic plan is calibrated to reduce the cost of living, drive productivity growth, and expand the capacity of the economy and alleviate supply-side pressures, getting wages growing so the Australians aren't held back. Okay, so we've spoken about this before. They want to pump wages. I don't like that. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's going to make it worse. Um, And, again, the size of their plan is very small. Go and read it for yourself. Safer and more affordable housing. We've spoken about that in the previous one before. The government owning forty percent of property. We don't lie. Yeah,
0: that's that is a is a very concerning policy.
1: Yep, but very, very we've
0: spoken about that before. Let's okay. kick
1: on equality for women. Um, now this ranks much higher on Labor's than yep. on Liberals. Australian women uh, delivering cheaper childcare. Okay, closing the gender gap at work. Um, again, it's arguable whether that pay gap exists yeah um providing the national leadership and investment needed to end family domestic and sexual violence starting with 10 days paid family and domestic violence leave safe and affordable housing for women and children fleeing violence i think is hugely important yeah i Um, I agree hundreds more frontline workers to support women in crisis Mm -hmm. uh, consent and respectful relationships education to help break the cycle um, taking real action to stop sexual harassment at work by implementing all 55 recommendations respect of respect at work report and providing support for women who um, experience sexual harassment at work. Okay, yeah. So just, yeah.
0: They, I, win that.
1: they win that. I would say
0: on that note too, um, and I'm, I'm sure it's just because this is listed under a uh, women's equality section, but a, a lot of that sexual harassment at work can go both ways. So if the policy is uh, geared at... Being fair, if you're being sexually harassed at work, you'll be protected. That's a good thing. Yeah, there's way more women being assaulted. You know that.
1: Uh, every Australian deserves. F- uh, so now I'm looking at women's safety. So this is a whole different section. Yep. Um, one of four w- women have um, had a history of family violence. Okay, so it's kind of doubling up. They're going to have a family, domestic, and sexual violence commissioner to act as a strong voice for victim-survivors, 500 new community sector workers, Yeah, which I said before. So a lot of this is a double-up. Yeah, um, Yeah. this is just allocating how much... Oh, sorry, showing how much money they're going to give towards it. Yeah. Uh, but, look, they're doing more for women there. That's yeah, oh, 100%. Okay. Uh, fighting corruption, I don't believe. Yeah, uh, that any policy there. on corruption, I just don't protecting our life. unique environment. I'm guessing, I'm going to click on it. You click on another one. I'm guessing this is going to say a lot of the stuff that they've said before. Yeah, it was a very small thing here. Environmental approval times are blown out with 95% of key decision makes outside statutory timeframes, 510% increase in delays since Labour was in power, which I'd probably, yeah, I'd cop that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, we've already established they're going to do more for the environment than what uh, Liberals will. Mm-hmm. Labor's going to improve the public service. This will be interesting. Um, play a role in serving our community, helping shape our future nation. Okay, what are you actually going to do? Uh, Organising a bargain collectivity. Labor supports the important role that union delegates play in representing employees at a local level. Well, I don't
0: think there's any problem with state employees' money yeah and something that again when like it's it's good to say it and it's interesting to see how it plays out in real time uh i think that there are a lot of people in the last two years who are union members who have felt extremely let down by unions Mm -hmm. one thing that is well known about the labour party is that the labour party is quite often pushed around and governed itself by the unions that support them um and yeah, the, the reality of union support in the last two years has not been uh, geared towards the individual workers, it's been towards the tying the party line. Yeah. Um, well, How are we for time? What are we on time? I think it's fine if this one goes on. We're already over an hour, but obviously <laughs> yeah. this is this is pretty important. Uh, yeah. So just conscious that we want to uh, kick on. So now we'll move
1: to the... Oh, what's your overall feeling of labour? versus Liberal so far?
0: Look, my, my overall feeling is that um, I think this sort of falls in line with the things that they typically prioritise as parties. I think the Liberal Party typically prioritises the economy. I think that the Labour Party um, typically prioritises people. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing policies that are in line with what where their priorities yep. are. Um, I think it is... Uh, it's important to note that you can have both you don't need to be um, you know, you can have a strong economy and protect sure. women at the same time yep. um, I do think it is staggering how little the Liberal Party had to say about <laughs> women's issues yeah. uh, which again will piss off the female voter base yep. um, I think it's interesting, probably a bit of an interesting point is that uh, my wife has told me, uh, she listened to an interview with Albo on Mamma Mia which everyone knows is a female-oriented mm-hmm. podcast. And they offered ScoMo to go on Mamma Mia, and he refused... He asked to speak to the man in charge. <laughs> yeah, well, he refused to go and be interviewed on there. And they were saying, well, he's not even trying to win over that base. But yeah. he basically said to them, there's no point me going on there because my votes aren't coming from your listeners. Conversely, Mark Boris, who interviewed ScoMo, like I said, I was listening to on the way up had also put the uh, invitation out to Albanese to go on that show, which he has refused. So both of them have realised what side of their their bread is buttered on. Okay,
1: so now we move on to the... Oh, I'm sorry, my my view. I feel like Labour has more of a plan on more things than what the Libs do. And Mm -hmm. yes, I believe... uh, about the economy they're probably not as great economically yeah but we weren't going good before covid and we weren't going the investor class did really really well yeah which they're always going to do really
0: really well yeah
1: um i
0: don't like uh, I, i do know that neither of them has a specific policy on how they're going to manage national debt oh
2: yeah but
0: look we're always going to roll in debt of course, but obviously it does need to be managed. And I do know that the UAP has a policy on it, which I actually really like, which okay, is the we'll only reason why that. it's front of mind.
1: So Greens, uh, how about... Um, now, th- I'll just read this out in order that they have because we're not going to go through all of it. So, hmm. But in order, they've said, treaty and First Nations justice, yep. tackling the climate crisis, a bold build for a strong, clean economy, protecting environment and animals politics for people, better rights, more pay, and secure jobs, mm-hmm. political, uh, sorry, public ownership, free healthcare for all, free education for life, equality and justice for all, building an anti-racist society, end sexism, mm-hmm. our place in the world, responding to COVID,
0: paying for the Greens plans. So it's a, it's a paying for it is last on the variety list. Which again is it is in line with their beliefs. Yeah. Like obviously, the Greens are a very much progressive party. They are people and environment first, and their plan supports that notion. So the
1: Greens push that. So I've just gone to. I'm trying to compare it up against uh, the other parties that we've already looked at. So yeah. so when I click on their uh, energy, um, so they basically just want to eradicate coal. Yeah. Climate crisis. Uh, so it's just a plan to phase out coal is basically what they're saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our fully costed climate action plan will create hundreds of thousands of jobs, bring electricity costs down and drive our economy into the future. Okay. We'll be making big uh, corporations and billionaires pay their fair share in tax to clean up the mess they're making, fund the transition to 100% renewables and kick off a full-scale renewable export industry. Mm. How do you um, export renewable energy?
0: Yeah. Uh one thing I have... <laughs> that's a real question. Do you do you... you put solar in batteries and send batteries overseas on diesel powered ships? Look, uh one I mean one of the things that does stand out to me and like so I'm I'm on a bold build for a strong clean economy. Yep. So the Greens plan includes using low cost green energy to rebuild our manufacturing industry, we don't have low cost green energy. So I You can try to build towards that at some point, but the reality is at the moment green energy itself is not low cost. so you can't use
1: well the, the end product is low cost like a salt like once you' have built solar, it's effectively free. but you've got to build it first. And there are some solar farms being currently built. Yeah, but yeah. you're not going to have a solar run um, uh, steel manufacturing
0: smelter. plant. yeah yeah.
1: Okay uh, So I've gone to the environment one environment and animals. Uh, the Great Barrier Reef is dying, Murray-Darley Basin is collapsing, a native forest is being torn up. The Greens understand that if you want to protect the environment, you can create a strong, sustainable future for us all. Uh, We will back new environmental laws to stop corporations trashing our environment, put in place recovery plans for threatened species, and protect jobs and businesses that rely on the environment. Okay. Yep, I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, This one's not as nice because it doesn't open a new page every time you click on it. thing. Yeah, So I want to see politics for the people. I want to see what that looks like. Um, People have lost confidence in politicians. Yes. There's too many dirty donations. Yes. Dodgy deals, a revolving door between politicians and big corporations, and no independent commission. I'm really sorry. I can't turn that. I don't know how to turn that off. I feel like... Oh, here we go. (laughs) There we go. I feel like such a boomer. (laughs) Big corporations, billionaires, have too much power over politicians. Um, We have a clean-up parliament and support a diverse local media that reports the truth so that politicians are accountable for people. Yep, I'm pro that. Yeah, The Greens will d- deliver a strong independent National Integrity Commission. We will lift parliamentary standards, establish donation caps, and shut the revolving doors between government and corporate uh, corporate boards. Yep, happy with yep. that. That's a, that's a good policy, I like that. Which, which one do you want?
0: Yeah, I'm on the same one, but I'm just down the bottom where it has the actual plan. Um, was that what you were just reading on there? Yeah, 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 but I skipped over it Yeah, so what What I do like um, and it, it's obviously pretty key at the moment but stop ministers taking cushy industry jobs in industries they used to regulate within five years of leaving parliament we've spoken about that before It needs that, to be ten years Yeah, it needs to be minimum ten years yeah. because unfortunately we all know what's happening and it happens every single yeah. not every time but far too often um yeah that's that's i think that is really important
1: so i'm looking at publicly owned services and assets the government's job to provide things that we require for decades the governments to off our public assets to be corporations and now source essential services liberal and label take bigger donations from big corporations now they control too many essential public services and run them for profits um uh, so they want to buy some of that stuff back mm-hmm. I'm I'm pro and anti this at the same time. It's a I, tough one yeah. because at the end of I the day, I believe it should happen. I believe you sh- I, I believe as a citizen, if we have the ability to be have free education, I, it should be. Yeah. When I say free, publicly, sorry, paid for by taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Because the overall outcomes are better, mm-hmm. but there's so many efficiencies that need to be built in place first. That's that exactly think right. the free market can do.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the same with uh, so education. It's the same with energy, like electricity. I you would love to see a you would think that as a nation, like one of the most important things for a prosperous nation is just the use, is energy. Yeah, is being able to switch the lights on at night time, turn on heating in winter, cooling in summer, etc. Uh, it would be really, really nice to live in a world where those are state-provided at the lowest possible cost because they're being provided as a service, not as a business to make profits. Yeah. That would be great, but you're right. It's the what is scary is the inefficiencies which always creep into the public sector on just about everything that gets done. Yeah. So it's, it's a tricky one. I don't know the answers to that.
1: Uh, I'm reading some of the, like, this end-racism one. Uh, that'll be it. A- Tough one. We will work to eliminate violence against women and enact a human rights charter to ensure no one is stopped from asserting their rights and dignities. You do your research on that one. Responding to COVID. A pandemic affects everyone, but not everyone has the same resources to keep safe. Australia is a wealthy country, can fight the pandemic,
0: ensure everyone's looked after. Put people first, not profit. COVID chaos. They want to have a CDC here as well, which yeah like i said i don't agree with and and the problem is too so it would just be wastage because look at how we operated for the last three years we took health advice from whoever it came from the health advice is never disclosed to the public yeah but it was used to justify public control measures and what would be the point of having a cdc the rules say uh, sorry the history says this doesn't work yeah all right move on okay uh what's
1: your overall feeling on the Greens?
0: Um, my overall feeling is they are, they're everything that as, as described, they are definitely progressive. They definitely people first. I just don't think that, I think it's, it's a, it's an ideal utopian world they want, are planning to live in, which doesn't exist in the real world. Okay. That's my opinion. Yourself?
1: Yeah, it sounds very nice, and there will be a lot of minority groups out there that will be very pro, and I can see why they would be pro, mm-hmm. and you know, if I was in, in the same
2: uh,
1: same boat, I would too. Yeah, I think they're going to get a stronger vote than what people think, Yeah, and yeah, uh, maybe I need a complete mental mind shift on how that can
0: yeah, set us forward. It's but, a tough one, because I think about stuff like racism, for example, and... One of the really tricky things with racism is I just again I'm not an expert in the in it, but and I don't consider myself a racist person at all. But it's one of those things. I'm not racist, but but yeah, no, but it is one of those things where I just go like in my head. It's, like the more that we talk about it, the more we create it as an issue. You know.
1: Yeah, uh, I I don't agree with that either because okay. because the easy thing to do is just to put it under the. And, and say it doesn't happen, but it does happen. It yep. still happens now. It still happens now. So there needs something needs to be done with it. Yeah. I don't have the answer for it. But, yeah. but um, you know, I, will they do more for it than the other parties? Yeah, I mean they've got a plan around it. No one else does. Mm. So the fact that they're looking at it means that they will do better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What does that look like? I don't know. Yeah. But they've got a plan. Mm. Okay. One nation. Yeah. <clears throat> so their their policies in order, which I, this is, I find this interesting. Mm-hmm. Water is number one. Mm -hmm. Australian Jobs and Infrastructure, Refugees, Affordable Energy and Cost of Living, Mm -hmm. World Organisations and Trade Agreements, Mm. Citizen Initiated Referenda, Climate, Family Law and Child Support, Pensioners, Farming, Foreign Ownership, Education, Immigration, Medical Cannabis, Mm. Illicit Drug uh, Epidemic, Stop the Rorts, Mm -hmm. Multinational Taxation, Firearms, ownership, health, COVID-19 policy, pro-life. Right. Okay, so there's a lot there. Um, I'll start with the water. You click on uh, jobs and infrastructure. Yep. So the water thing. Now, just a little side note. Uh, the guy that predicted the financial crisis in 2008, yep. Michael Bur- 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 Burberry? Bur- yeah, Burberry, Burberry, He thinks water's going to be the next Hmm. crash. Okay? Yeah, we've got heaps of it. We've got heaps of it at the moment. (laughs) Politicians have failed to construct dams and expand our water's national security for our ever-increasing population. Instead, they have privatized Australia's water and more than 20% sold to foreign investors while withholding the records of those who trade in the precious commodity. Enough is enough. Mm -hmm. One nation will build new water infrastructure projects, including dams, increase the supply of Australian farmers and growing nation. Uh, we will legislate the full disclosure of water ownership and ban the sale of water to foreign investors.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I like water. The one thing that does stand out to me, obviously, about One Nation's policies, and it's the reason why they've been referred to as racists in the past, is that they are the, the first thing that stands out is that everything that they write about is about putting Australians first. Yeah. And you can, you can call that racist if you want, but at the end of the day, whatever race you are, as long as you're an Australian citizen, these their policies are trying to support you. Mm. Um, so Australian Jobs and Infrastructure. Uh, One Nation supports jobs for Australians first and foremost. In an effort to bolster homegrown tradesmen and women, One Nation will increase its national apprenticeship scheme, whereby first-year apprentices receive a 75% wage subsidy, followed by 50% the second year, and finally 25% the third The research program in 2019 was taken up within three weeks by regional businesses. The second rollout of the program was again swiftly welcomed, the third instalment of this. So uh, the strategy would be combined with nation-building infrastructure projects including water, railroads and energy. One Nation does not support casualisation of the workforce and instead embraces full-time jobs.
2: Okay.
1: Refugees. One Nation favours Australia's first and foremost. We believe in reducing the refugee intake for five years in an effort to redirect critical funding to Australian services. The cost to Australian taxpayers to hold each asylum seeker or refugee in Nauru has escalated to $358,000 per month. It is a Or key- $4.3 million per year. One Nation supports the withdrawal of Australia from the outdated United Nations 1951 ref- uh, Refugee Convention. Now, I don't agree with this policy mm-hmm. because I think we need more intake, not... Less, mm. and I think especially when we posture up and we support uh, foreign conflicts. Yeah. Until we stop that, we need to be. Yeah. Until you stop creating
0: more. refugees, you can't stop receiving yeah. refugees. Yeah, we
1: might not be directly involved, but we are involved. Mm. You know. So, and, and I also think we're a country of twenty-five million people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In there's some cities in other countries that have. Yeah, yeah the Ten same. times up. Yeah, you know, that's right. our Population, so we can take more. That's my view on it. I do
0: feel like that is a very large policy difference between them and, for example, what's sort of happening with the liberals and also with the Labor Party. In that, clearly, there's been some people who've been put without work over the last two years, and they're being replaced by foreign workers. Mm-hmm. And essentially, this is the polar opposite of that policy. So, obviously, there's uh, there's pros and cons either way. So affordable energy and cost of living. One Nation will apply a national plan that guarantees low cost, reliable, dispatchable power by building a new low emission coal-fired power stations. We will restore Australia's essential 90-day fuel security policy with onshore oil reserves and the capacity to refine fuels for domestic supply. Australia's abundant natural resources should be for the prosperity of our own citizens instead of our global competitors. One Nation supports the investigation of nuclear power in Australia. Yep. So, first of the parties we've spoken about with a nuclear policy.
2: Yeah,
0: we strongly oppose the waste of multi-billion dollar government subsidy schemes offered to foreign-owned solar and wind projects.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, one of the things that is uh, very consistent about uh, One Nation is that they often speak about the fact that, and a lot of people don't understand this, but a lot of the renewable energy uh, technologies are heavily government-subsidised in Australia. Yep. So whilst they may seem cheaper than people think because they're actually being subsidised. And if you subsidised every other industry in the same fashion, a lot of other things would For be sure, cheaper For sure, but as well. you've got to do it if you want to move there. Of course. Otherwise it won't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, world organisations and trade
1: agreements. The Australian constitution must be upheld at all times and not undermined by <laughs> United Nations forums. And as 193 member states. One Nation does not support the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. Free trade agreements that function against the best interests of Australians must be scrapped. Import tariffs should be uh, re-implemented on select countries to protect Australia's remaining industry and manufacturing while safeguarding homegrown jobs and wage levels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. We, we've we all seen the impact of being controlled, not controlled, but having decisions governed by global bodies, which did not work. Yeah. Citizen initiated referenda. This I really like. Yeah. One Nation will push for the introduction of a citizens-initiated referenda, enabling Australian citizens to put forward legislation or a referendum question without waiting for politicians to listen and act. This is a policy which is already used in our dad's native country of Switzerland. And one of the things about democracy is... So in Australia, we've got a thing called representative democracy, where in other words, we elect uh, representatives to enact the democracy on our behalf. And I think one of the issues that you get with that is that often, and again, not all politicians are the same, but often politicians, once they actually get into the chair, they end up voting with whatever is in their best interest. And the best example of that in recent memory is the Victorian Labor government, the state government which you once you're in, you literally sign on to say that you will always vote on party lines, regardless of what your constituents want, and if you don't, you'll be removed from the party. Yeah, so they get the one they want. That's right. So that's not representative democracy, right? So one of the things I really like about this, so in Switzerland, the way that it works is that if something is a big enough issue, like for example, gay marriage was probably the most recent time that we had a referendum... um, Essentially, you can put it forth, as long as you basically get a petition, as long as you get enough uh, votes to bring it to referendum, they then put the actual issue out to vote, the people vote on it, and whoever wins, it's just based on a pure majority, that is the policy for six years. It cannot be revisited for six years, which obviously gives you enough time to try to carry it out, sit with it, see if it actually works in real time, and it can be brought back up at a new referendum six years later. Uh, in Switzerland, they did that with vaccine mandates, which did get voted down. It was a close vote, but yep. it did get voted down. Um, and I do feel like this is something that we... hey,
1: any, anything that gives us more power as people, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, climate. Now, this is really, really long. It's a massive spray, but I've just scanned through it, and all <laughs> it says is they don't believe in climate change, right? And they don't want to. They're not going to buy into any of uh, any of that. And they say that we're the only party that don't
0: believe in climate change. So Which that I think is, is accurate. Uh, family law and child support. One Nation supports the rights of a parent as much as the rights of a child. Children have a right to have both parents involved in their life if the mother and father are deemed to be fit and able. We also support the rights of grandparents when family relationships sour. One Nation strongly supports the implementation of a fairer child support system whereby the children are financially supported, not the ex-partner. It is imperative that Australia's family law system is made fairer to discourage expensive adversarial court action. Um, is that the first one of those sorts of policies that we've seen as well?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's a real practical thing. Like, I, I know a lot of people that have had <clears throat> yeah been, have been stuck in that situation.
0: After working in the motor trade for that long year, yeah. you know,
1: plenty of, uh, <laughs> of men who'd lost Pensioners. Out. One nation will advocate, uh, advocate for $100 a week rise under the work bonus scheme that would allow pensioners to earn up to $13,000 a year without reducing their pension. Mm-hmm. Work bonus scheme is currently $7,800 per year. We believe that... Uh, that you must have lived and worked in Australia for at least 15 years before accessing pension and entitlements. One Nation opposes mm. the increase to the age of entitlement to 70 years of age. Mm.
2: Uh, that's,
1: that sounds pretty good because a lot of people out there want to work, but they're stuck right between the position where, well, I'm going to lose my pension yeah. if I do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Sco-
0: Look, ScoMo brought that up on, on um, Boris's podcast in regards to... so. Again, I'm not 100% sure if this is true, so do some research into it. But with Labor's plan to do the like 40% dual ownership of your property, apparently if you actually uh, earn over the threshold, you then no like once you bought the house, you then no longer actually uh, apply uh, sorry, qualify for that policy, in which case the government then comes to you and goes, "Oh, hey, that 40% that we own of your house, you now need to pay us that back automatically." So, Unfortunately, uh, any any policy that actively discourages any member of a family to go and work or be productive, I think is a negative thing. As far as trying to drive the economy forwards, obviously the best case scenario is to have as many people working and contributing to uh, the economy. So like Alex was saying, any policy that, uh, at the moment with pensioners, they're, they're literally, a lot of them want to work. And for a lot of older people too, Casual work or part-time work is so so good for your mental health, for keeping your cognitive faculties. And uh, let's face it, a lot of older people have a lot of experience that they can offer. So whilst they they may not be as productive in a um, in a work environment, they might also have experience that the younger workers can benefit from. So again, just to clarify now that Alex, is back any policy that requires people to opt out of the workforce to maintain some sort of pension I don't (laughs) think is a smart idea. Uh, Is it you or me? Uh, Farming. More than 53 million hectares of prime agricultural land is held by foreign interests. This equates to 14% of Australia's total 372 million hectares of agricultural land. One Nation will ban any further sale of freehold farmland to foreign investors and limit the sale of leasehold farmland to a tenure of 25 years. One Nation will also re-implement Foreign Investment Review Board applications on all agricultural land from expiring free trade agreements. We strongly support the re-establishment of a federal government-backed rural lending fund to safeguard Australian farmers throughout drought and other natural weather events. Yeah, I
2: like that. I think
0: that's really important. Yeah. And I think it's something that you're seeing now with food scarcity driving prices yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, foreign ownership. One nation will p- pursue
1: urgent reform to Australia's foreign investment rules by legislating a clear definition of national interest based on national security, com- competition, tax, a character test, and any other impacts to Australia. Essential services including power, water, telecommunications, roadways, and ports will be off limits to foreign investors. With the crucial shortage of housing stock in Australia, we must stop the sale of property to non-residents and non-citizens. That's, that is one thing that will actually reduce the the cost of housing. Absolutely. Because like you've got some of the prime real estate that's just been snapped up by overseas investors yep. that don't care. Now that's, that's a kick in the guts for homeowners, but yep. you've all had
0: enough. Uh, yeah. And, and you're right. Like as far as the policies that we have read out so far, one that will... Like everyone knows the driver of price pricing is supply and demand. So if you if you have... We can't increase supply fast enough to keep up with demand yep. at the moment to lower prices. So how do you... You can free up some spaces for... Well, um, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So if you stop having foreign investors be able to come in and just buy properties they don't even live in, yeah. and unfortunately there are a lot of foreign investors who are, say, from China backed by Chinese government yep. buying up land overseas, uh, that I think will make a real would difference. would also
1: stop large investment funds like you know, Vanguard or Black Rocks coming in and Buying everything like they're
0: doing in America. Yeah, that's a really big issue in America where these massive hedge funds are buying up rental properties as they become available. So you've got a you've got a an economic issue caused by various causes, causing people to sell houses they can no longer afford, being bought up by investment companies which will never sell these houses. They'll just be rentals for life yep. as an investment. All right, kick on. Education. Despite a $24.8 billion budget for state education services, Australia continues to rank lower than comparable high and middle income countries in achieving quality education outcomes. One Nation will restore critical thinking in the classroom and reinstate the cornerstone of education with reading, writing, arithmetic and discipline. There should be no room for Western, white, gender, guilt, shaming in any classroom and instead children should be taught the benefits of a merit-based free thinking society. Interesting. Uh, Immigration.
1: Zero net immigration throughout COVID illustrated how putting the brakes on immigration or migration reduced congestion on roads and allowed government services to focus on Australians, which we didn't. One Nation will extend a zero net migration policy and focus on permitting only highly skilled migrants from uh, culturally cohesive countries into Australia. Migrants must demonstrate a sound level of English for assimilation uh, purposes. Education courses in Australian universities should not be used as a backdoor to
0: immigrate to Australia. Yeah, that is something that's been a policy before by many governments in the past. Is to only allow migration of skilled migrants. Um, yeah, it did op- they? Yeah, but I mean, then they opened up the floodgates, and it was like it. It appeared that only
1: unskilled ones were here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Florida but like you off. said, like again, it's a tricky thing because Australia could do with more people. Uh, medical cannabis whole plant. Med- I just want to just before you say this, this you. So I don't know what this is going to
1: say, but you had predicted that the way to correct Australia's economy was to legalise
0: yeah. marijuana. So- yeah. Well, you create an industry overnight. Yeah. Um, whole planned medicinal cannabis continues to act as a natural proven alternative for chronic pain relief and other serious health symptoms experienced by Australians. One Nation remains at the forefront of advocacy within the federal parliament and will continue our push to bring the cost of access down. So again, first... Uh, first one to say it. Yeah. What is and it? we know, like, America's doing it to great effect. Yeah. One thing, too, that um, just as a bit of an anecdotal story, I know someone who lives in Nimbin and has a, a deep understanding of the local uh, business owners. Yeah. And a few years ago, there was a big push by police to remove people from selling marijuana in that town. Right. And obviously, Nimbin's known for it, yep. right? Yeah. Now, what happened? They came in, they arrested the, the drug dealers. And the funny thing is, the majority of the drugs that were being sold in Nimbin Nimbin's not a young person's community. No. It's an older person's community. The majority of the, of the cannabis sales down in Nimbin are to older people who are using it for like pain management and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, what happened was they came in, they arrested the marijuana dealers, and once they were gone, the meth dealers moved in. Oh, and really? it created a massive problem. Decimated. Yeah, yeah, so... Well,
1: that that goes into the, the next one, which is illicit drugs uh, epidemic. Right. Australia continues to rank a shameful second for the use of illicit drugs, according to the latest National Waste Water Drug Monitoring Program conducted by Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission. Sadly, customs inspects only 1% of more than 8 million shipping containers that enter Australia ports annually. That's one true. nation will fund the increase of scanning and inspection for containers <laughs> through the seizure of assets and money from proceeds of drug crimes. One Nation will also establish a federal police drug bus in each state that will uh, will provide an education roadshow for parents and students. Uh, that's the only thing that's paying back the debt. stealing money from drug dealers. But no, yeah. okay, I'm on that.
0: Yeah, um, stop the rorts. Australia is by and large a very generous nation with government-paid safeguard services for the sick, unemployed, aged, and disabled. For services of this nature to continue, we must prevent them from being rorted. One nation will push for an identification photo to be displayed on Medicare cards to positively identify users and reduce the number of fraudulent claims made by non-Australian citizens. Interesting. Okay. We will stop using the. Well, we will stop the use of NDIS funding to pay for sex worker services. In brackets, a federal court ruling permits the use of taxpayers' money for sex workers under the NDIS... Team. Oh, I didn't know that. ha. <laughs> <laughs> cha-ching! And One Nation will set the term of unemployment benefits to three years in any given five-year period to end long-term unemployment payments to those under the age of 50.
2: Okay,
0: yeah. Uh, Multinational taxation. One Nation will oppose any increase in the GST
1: as it will heavily impact on Australia's standard of living and further burden those on pension and low incomes. We will maintain our position to the reintroduction of death duties and pursue a tax regime that ensures multinational businesses pay their fair share of tax while operating within Australia. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Firearms ownership. One Nation supports responsible gun ownership and will preserve the current laws which allow law-abiding citizens access to firearms, whether it be for work, farming, or sports-related activities. We do not believe that further stringent measures or regulations are required regarding licensing. One Nation calls for stricter border security and tougher sentencing for gun crimes and traffickers. So just so people know... There are way more guns now than when there
1: were pre nineteen ninety six. Yeah. When they changed. Yeah. You just don't see it. And look, it's worked. There is less gun violence. Although there was a big shooting, uh, gang shooting, uh, in Sydney today or yesterday. Yeah. But <coughs> if you have more guns, you're going to have more gun violence. Yeah. That's a that's a fact. You
0: know. Um, yeah. I think that's a very polarising subject. That might Australia. trigger some people. Yeah. For so sure. health.
1: Australia's health system. Was beyond capacity prior to COVID-19 and evidently inadequate in regional parts of, uh, of the nation. One nation recognises the need to bolster the number of regional doctors, nurses, and other critical health professionals in order to encourage better regional medical services. One nation will reintroduce three-year contracts for newly qualified medical professionals, and in return pay their hex help loans in full.
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting. COVID-19 policy. One nation. Oh, the, you po- get a juicy one. Yeah. One Nation opposes COVID-19 vaccine mandates on Australian citizens. One Nation will continue to, its push for a Royal Commission into the management of the COVID-19 pandemic for Australian governments. Again, first of the parties that are pushing for a Royal Commission into the COVID-19 pandemic, which I very much support. While we acknowledge that people have died from COVID, there is a noteworthy difference between died of versus died with. It is critical that an honest and thorough examination of how federal, state and territory governments manage the pandemic is implemented by the parliament. We need a Royal Commission not to lay blame or find scapegoats because the buck will always stop at the Prime Minister and state and territory leaders is, as it must in a representative democracy, but primarily to learn which pandemic measures worked and which didn't so that we are much better prepared for the next pandemic, which Bill Gates just wrote a book on how to prepare for it, which means he's cooking it up at the moment. Yeah. Those who fail to learn from the mistakes of history are doomed to repeat them, definitely. A Royal Commission of Inquiry will have the necessary power to compel the expert health advice Australian governments relied upon to justify and implement pandemic uh, measures. Much of this advice has been hidden from the Australian people. We need a Royal Commission because this inquiry must be completely transparent to the Australian public. The Australian public deserve a comprehensive account of the decisions made by their governments to manage the COVID-19 pandemic. I very much agree with that. Okay, I get the stuck with the shit one. Pro life. This boy. is this, okay, this is not. This me. is your punishment for last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is not me.
1: Okay, pro life. Pauline as One Nation acknowledges the scientific fact that a human li- uh, human begins life, uh, human life begins <laughs> in the womb. We are horrified when state governments pass legislation which legalise abortion uh, up till uh, the birth birth age. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go through. <laughs> I'm not going to read all this because. Uh, I think a lot of this was covered last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they don't
0: like it. Yeah. They don't like it. They, they are pro-life. So, again, to to uh, give our thoughts on One Nation, I think One Nation has... They're the polar opposite of the Greens in that their policy sound... Some of them come across as super negative in nature in regards to people. Uh, but I do... The benefits, to me, of One Nation are they are an Australia first party. Yep. Um, a lot of the things in there in regards to things like, you know, putting Australians first, whether it's for workers or for foreign investment, uh, are things that I do really appreciate. Uh, again, I don't agree with every single one of their policies either. Yeah, I don't. The one thing I would say is this is probably the most cost-effective
1: one that we've read out. Yeah. They weren't just dishing money out left, front, center. They They seem to have... Like, everything had a real practical um, sense around it. Mm. It's been my favourite so far, Mm -hmm. except that last part. (laughs) I'm anti that, but but can't win more. Um, Um, um,
0: All right, so moving on to UAP.
1: Yeah. Okay, Uh, can I start with this one? The home ownership. A maximum of 3% interest on home loans. This is so dumb. Liberal, uh, so massive debt, Home loan rates to 4% in two years and over 6% in three years. At 4%, over 60%. They they want to reduce, they want to fix interest uh, on home loans. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Why don't you? Well, but it's the exact same reason. You're stimulating a um, housing market, and therefore you're going to pump the price of it up.
0: The I don't. I think it's. I don't think it's for new mortgages. I think it's fixing current mortgages at a maximum of three percent for the next five years. Any adjustment to a free economy is only going to ruin it.
1: Like any any yes, it's it's that won't work. First thirty thousand dollars of a home loan to be tax deductible. Mm
2: -hmm. We
1: will make the first thirty thousand dollars paid tax deductible each year, which is, I think, it is in America.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Um, The United Australian Party will boost the construction and industry and increase home ownership security. We'll make the first thirty thousand. Blah 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 blah. Um, I that policy gives rich people another lever to pull.
0: For sure.
2: Yeah, which it's
1: is,
0: it's an extra thirty grand a year they can write off on tax.
1: Yeah, but what you do, uh, like you, and then they invest that in in
0: mm. stock markets and make you more money. But, yeah, yeah. Okay. The economy repayment of national debt. Both Liberal and Labor fail to address a trillion dollars of national debt, but not the United Australia Party, and that is something I mentioned before that neither of them had mm. a specific policy based around it. We plan to address it head-on, save your family from its impact, and end government's over-reliance on taxation as a source of revenue. Australia supplies over 80% of all iron ore to the Asian manufacturing market, where tens of trillions of dollars are invested in manufacturing in China, Japan, Korea, and the rest of Asia. Asia achieves its position in world trade by using Australian iron ore. Asian economies and industry have no alternative. In the 1960s, Australia had an export licence on the export of iron ore. The United Australia Party will introduce a 15% export licence on the export of all Australian iron ore. The export license receipts will be isolated for the sole purpose of repaying our national debt, which wow. will relieve. Yeah, i I've read this policy before. Yeah. And I like it. Which will relieve every Australian from that burden and set up our future. We will do this so Australia can be all it can be without the financial destruction the Labor and Liberal parties have imposed upon our country. Interesting. So that, to me, is one of the most sensible ways it's to a, repay the national debt. It's a resource tax. It's a resource tax, but on... Like, you're literally... It's like when Trump's like, I'm going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. You're getting foreign investors to pay down our national debt. I think it's a very smart thing. And I've been saying for many, many years... I hate the fact that Australia's national resources can be mined by companies and sold for profits, which we don't see. Yeah. The only profits we... The only tax you see is income tax, which they find their way around paying anyway. Bring Australian super home. Australia has over $1 trillion <laughs> of superannuation invested
1: overseas. Just like when John Curtin in World War II brought the troops back to save Australia, the United Australia Party will bring back a $1 trillion of Australian super back to Australia to save Australia. That's That's interesting. Now, our... Mm. It would mean in the short term that our super would not perform as well,
0: but it would be a massive bolster to Australian business. Yeah. And like I said, I think, sorry, like you said, I think it's a really interesting policy because you're right. I think the whole reason why you invested overseas in the first place is because you're getting a better return on investment. However, in the short term, it might hurt. But if we can grow Australian businesses using that money, Mm. what's the long term return on investment? Process Australian minerals at home. We can create thousands of jobs and turbocharge our exports by processing our mineral resources in Australia, leading to enormous revenue injections and better schools and hospitals. Australia is failing to maximise revenue from its prized mineral resources by continuing to send unprocessed ores overseas. The United Australia Party's downstream processing policy will see more stages of the mining process happen on Australian soil rather than offshore, resulting in much higher returns, along with stimulants of both economic growth and job creation. We can use Australia's mineral resources to kickstart our economy by setting up downstream processing in the states, such as South Australia and Victoria, that aren't resource-rich. Interesting. Another policy I do really like, I, I often find myself, if I just want to have a bit of a brain break, watching um, Aussie outback opal hunters, <laughs> right? And it's, it's the same format every show. Oh, oh, we don't have enough money to keep mining. We just need to get our lucky break. Oh, look, we found some opal. This will just keep us going. But what you do notice is the difference between the people who just find the raw uh, stones and the people who actually cut them and polish them themselves, and the yields that you get from those just by adding in that step is like 10 times higher if you're selling cut, polished stones rather than raw materials.
1: End Australia's energy crisis. Australia has the world's <laughs> largest deposits of uranium. However, we uh, while we export uranium to other nations for them to take advantage, we ban its use in Australia for electricity generation. The government should be proactive in establishing research into a new nuclear technology to help solve Australia's energy problems. China, Europe and the United States all benefit from nuclear power. Uh, Australia should benefit from our own resources and Australian industries should be benefiting from cheap power so they can compete internationally. And just to say how effective that is, I don't know why... So uh, France is huge. uh, I think Germany's got it too. Japan, if you look at like the top five economies, Mm. they all use it yeah and there's no there's no that like (coughs) energy is the key so you can have like if you put nuclear in you can have manufacturing back
0: that's right because we've said it before everyone has this assumption that the reason why it's too costly to manufacture in Australia is wage costs. it's not it's energy costs so you're right if you bring in nuclear cheap reliable safe clean energy it uh, is ridiculously clean by the way Yeah. yeah There is, a, there is a lot of negativity around nuclear, which is based on 40 to 50-year-old technology. Uh, by Australian. The Australian government needs to support Australian industries and ensure that all its policies are for the benefit of Australia first and foremost. We must boost our encouragement to all Australians to buy Australian products and produce. With labelling and packaging regulations changed so Australians clearly know what products are Australian, helping them to make a choice to support Australian products. Education abolish hex debts for students. A good education
1: policy is not only good social policy, but good economic policy. And We believe students should begin their working lives unencumbered by huge hex debts. Shine, our party will inject an extra twenty billion into the education system during our first three years in government. Time so to invest in ourselves and our next generations. If we don't have confidence in ourselves, who will have confidence in us? We must create, uh, educate our children as our most valuable resource. We must make it possible for those to get talent to get to university. Though we must also ensure those who are educated can find a job after graduating from university. That's why our ability to compete internationally and expand <laughs> our exports is so important. Because our policy to pay back the debt in Australia will forgive and remove all hex fees. Uh, I'm not sure about that.
0: So that's something that it interesting to me. Number one, it seems a little bit off brand for the party yeah, it itself, does. right? Um, but in a good way, in my opinion. Number two, I do believe that having free education, free good quality education is something that is extremely important. Yep. And as, uh, as universities are one of our largest exports, like education is one of Australia's biggest exports, there is no reason why the absorbent fees that we charge um, overseas students to come and study in Australia yep. can't be used to subsidise, yep. like partly fund Australian um, education. Yep. Because it is true. Like, at the end of the day, if we want to, pro- like... Um, you get a yield out of it. If you yeah. want to prosper as a nation, educate your people. Yeah, for sure. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: Employment and taxation. Change how provisional tax is paid. The United Australia Party will change how provisional tax is paid, relieving downward pressure on our small businesses and contractors. We will stop the advance payment of provisional tax, which is currently taken before profits have been made. The United Australia Party will stop this unfair tax burden and allow it to be paid at the end of the financial year, releasing up to an extra 90 billion dollars to circulate in our economy. This, in turn, delivers GST revenue for the government and jobs for Australians. Okay, interesting
1: policy. Tax relief on second jobs. We want to support all Australians who choose or need to have a second job. The United Australia Party will provide the incentive for people to earn more money for themselves and provide and provide government with increased revenue. You uh, the United Australian Party will reduce the taxation rate on a person's second job by up to 50%, resulting in higher weekly earnings and boosting the capacity for people to cope with increasing cost of living. So I don't know how reducing that tax increases their revenue. but
0: I think it's because it encourages more people to get a second job. So if you encourage more people to to um, make more income, then they'll have more income to spend as that trickle-down But there amount. is
2: no
1: disincentive for a second job.
0: There is, because they tax you at 50%. So the, the tax rate is higher on a second job rather than the first. But it job. gets
1: washed out in the in the um, at tax time.
0: Does it, it though? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it it's yeah anyway. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, abolish fringe benefits tax. Thank we you. will abolish the fringe benefits uh, tax and free up long-standing blockage in the economy. Fringe benefits tax is a negative tax in that it stifles demand, hinders growth, and kills employment. We don't want to penalise people for spending money. Spending money makes the world go around, creates wealth, jobs, and makes the pie bigger for everyone. By abolishing FBT, we believe business confidence and opportunities for employees will grow. I lived in a pre-FBT uh, age. Right. And It like, was prosperous. <laughs> we you had the best company cars. Yeah.
1: And then as soon as that came in, and... Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, this next one is possible. Zonal
1: taxation for regional communities. Our regional communities are the backbone of our nation. You know, Australia Party is committed to stimulating economic growth in rural areas. Our cities are bursting at the seams. We face future of heavy congestion, serious housing affordability issues and mounting costs of living pressures by providing a 20% tax concession incentive to people living more than 200 kilometres away from our capital cities, including Tasmania. We can decentralise Australia and encourage people to move or settle in regional areas. zone taxation law is a new... It existed under Liberal governments in the 1960s and constitutional under Commonwealth law. I
0: really like, yeah, I like that. that. Um, it's something that is... Obviously, our, our partners are both teachers, so it's something that is apparent in that... Uh, uh, system is that they need to try to find all these extra ways to convince young teachers to move out to regional areas. Mm-hmm. This could be something yep. else that, that assists that and assists And again, regions. pushes the price of
1: uh, housing down in cities.
0: Yeah, and again, if you are concerned about things like climate change, if you reduce... Uh, the amount of congestion on highways, for yep. example, you you have a, a net benefit. Allow business to trade out of
1: difficulty. The Australian government is the main petitioner of bankruptcy and company liquidations. When a business closes, people lose their jobs. The government then loses group tax, company tax, and in many cases, exports and GST. As a result, services and education and health have to be cut to provide revenue. If the government stopped driving business to the wall, this wouldn't happen. We will restructure the system to keep businesses going and keep people employed productively. Now, I think... Uh, Clive Palmer's probably someone that has
0: been to the wall <laughs> uh, yeah. multiple times. He knows what it's like to go from the window to the wall. Yeah. Freedom and Australians' rights. End lockdowns forever. Lockdowns destroy businesses, jobs, and the Australian standard of living. Lockdowns cause untold damage to both physical and mental health, and lockdowns cause more harm to society than any marginal benefits they may bring. The UAP policy is to open the economy, open the borders, and provide encouragement, confidence, and incentives for businesses, especially small businesses, to thrive. Free trade between the states and free movement of people must be reinstated. Section 92 of the Australian Constitution provides for the absolutely free movement of people across state borders. Australian troops must not be used to assist power-drunk state premiers in violating our Constitution. The federal government must ensure that the constitutional rights of all Australians are protected by exercising their federal jurisdiction.
1: Yep, pro that. No domestic vaccine passports. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Move on.
0: Uh, respect the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship again so these are all in the same vein i think everyone knows the uap abolish national cabinet since federation the australian federal government cabinet has been
1: compromised has been comprised from federal members of parliament voted for and elected by the australian people the current morrison government has imposed an unconstitutional so-called national cabinet that has no legal basis the united australia party believes the so-called national cabinet should be abolished as soon as possible with traditional government and freedom restored to the Australian people.
0: That is more important than people know.
1: Yeah. Because
0: one key point, we've mentioned it before, but for any new people, the National Cabinet is exempt from Freedom of Information Act requests. So then the National Cabinet was run by SCOMO and the state premiers during the pandemic, and they made all of the decisions on pandemic measures in those National Cabinet meetings, and we will never be able to access the information that was spoken about. In a free democratic country, that doesn't fly with me. Protecting free speech from foreign tech giants. Foreign tech giants that operate as platforms, not publishers such as Facebook, YouTube and Twitter should not be able to censor Australian political debate. The United Australia Party will seek to implement laws preventing this foreign interference in Australian politics and our elections.
1: I hope that goes across everything.
0: It should go across everything, yeah. Protect Australian
1: values. The United Australia Party stands to protect the values of people uh, who build and develop this country. We believe the most basic freedoms of parliamentary democracy, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of fear and freedom of association. This includes respect for our constitution and the law uh, law that underpins our democracy... Society to protect our rights, freedoms. Okay, that's a nothing thing. Yep.
0: Lobbyists. The United Australia Party believes lobbyists should be excluded from holding official positions in political parties. Lobbyist firms often employ former ministers from both the major political parties and big business can get policy changes by paying money to such firms to represent their views. You went down, down yeah. a deep dive on this before. This represents a serious conflict of interest and undermines democracy that Australians are for for. Lobbying mixed with political parties undermines Australians' votes a United Australia Party team will legislate to restrict the role of lobbies in directing political parties. And an example of that is when Clive Palmer called out Gladys Berejiklian and said
1: that there was some vested interest, she resigned.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's not because of that. Just a coincidence. <laughs> healthcare and aged care, giving hospitals the funding they need. Healthcare is declining. Uh, United Australia Party, sound economic policy, will provide $40 billion in additional funding for healthcare across Australia. I think everyone said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, increasing
2: the age of
0: pension by 180 bucks a fortnight. I'm a big believer in increasing the age of pension. Yep. Like, uh, pensioners have worked their whole lives, paid tax in this country. Again, like, I guess the My Nation policy that you have to work for X amount of time yep. to qualify for it. But the pension's dog shit. If you're just trying to survive on that money, it's it's not enough money, especially when you're looking at things like inflation and stuff like that. Uh, uh, national,
1: but national security. Yeah, right? let's not worry too much about defense stuff. Okay, last one. I'm just concerned about how much um, space is left Yeah, like fair that. enough. Okay, so we're up to the liberal... So, so let's oh, just...
0: So, what are your thoughts on UAP? Uh,
1: very mining-centric. Uh, obviously, he's a miner. Like, Clive Palmer's a miner, yeah, so... That's where his experience comes from. Yeah, but it was. It seemed like he's going to raise a lot of capital be- because of that. So, that kind of part I like. The freedom part I liked. I know it's a buzzword that gets um, us red pillars... Um,
0: jacked up. or jacked up.
1: Um,
0: yeah, but... The, the, thing, the thing about them is, obviously, everyone looks at the UAP for the freedom-based policies, but there's a lot of stuff in there that makes perfect sense. They're the only party that has got a real policy on how to get other countries to pay down a national debt. They're the only party that's got a real policy on how to move people out of cities yep. and to regions. Everyone, says, everyone else says we're investing in regions, but they don't actually give incentives for people to move to the regions. Yep. Um, I do... yeah. As far as policies go, so far, my values mostly align with UAP, so far. All right, and last but not least, the last party. And look, there's plenty of parties too, but obviously we don't have time to go through all of them. Yeah. We're going to go through the Liberal Democrats. And the Liberal Democrats are... I don't even know how how long they've been around for, but they're a party that's only really come to my attention primarily during the pandemic due to David Limbrick from Victoria. Uh, So... Go, do you want to go through and read their... I'll read
1: it in order of yep. what they've put here. Freedom from COVID alarmism, mm-hmm. recall elections, debt and deficit, low flat taxes, voluntary superannuation, small business, cheap and reliable energy, decentralised education, free speech, freedom from surveillance.
0: Mm. So they're also the first party to have a um, policy on surveillance. Which is what uh, the technical side, which this is me about the whole thing...
1: No one's spoken about tech. Mm. No one has spoken about um, uh, investment in tech, Yeah, which is not so to me.
0: Would you like to start with freedom from COVID alarmism?
1: Not particularly, but um, <laughs> uh, immediate changes, open schools and keep them open, never lockdown again, peaceful protests must be allowed, vaccines should be, only, uh, should be available and voluntary, end the mask mandate, ensure Australians can get home. Mm-hmm. Uh, remove border closures and travel restrictions, remove contract tracing and QR codes, remove social distancing, Investigation of Australia's COVID response—that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of emergency powers.
0: Yeah, cool. cool. Um, but that's probably something in like just we should keep in mind is that they've still all got these states of emergency. Yep. every state's still in a state of emergency. Yeah, um, but feds aren't. Yeah, that's right. So recall elections. This is an interesting one. Uh, the Liberal Democrats believe government should be a servant, not a master. The response to COVID has demonstrated just how unaccountable governments can become between elections. So, in short, make recall elections available. Citizens must have the right to recall power-mad politicians. A petition signed by a set percentage of any given electorate should trigger a by-election and a petition of a set percentage of the whole electoral roll should trigger a full election. Recall elections are rare in jurisdictions that permit them, but the simple fact that they are an option restrained politicians. I think this is one of those safeguard measures that you can have to actually prevent the power of lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Because one of the big issues that you see is that all the politicians, they promise you all the shit leading up to the election, they get elected, and then they change everything yeah. that they prioritise. A recall election prevents them from doing that. Enable a citizen's veto of any legislation. This is similar to the referendum thing. Citizens should also have the right to act as an effective third house of parliament with the power to recall any legislation. A petition signed by a percentage of the electoral roll to repeal any legislation should trigger a binding public vote on that legislation. I like that too. I like this as well. Make voting voluntary. Voting should be a right, not an obligation. Australia is one of the few democracies in which government compels people to vote in elections, and this forces political parties to pander to those who are apathetic or uninformed. Hmm. Voluntary voting would empower informed voters and enable real leadership to emerge. Interesting. That is something that is a concept I heard relatively recently, which... I do agree with quite a lot because unfortunately, you've said this before, leading up to the election, what do they do? They just both announce how they're going to give people people, money. Yeah, put some big um, shiny billboards out. That's right. And I would say more than 50% plus one votes in each Australian election are by voters who are not politically engaged, who do not care, who will just see who's going to pay me the most money. All right, you've just bought my vote. Okay, so the next one is debt and deficit. And I'm
1: just going to go to the key points. Cut 10% to all federal departments. Ouch. Cut a further 1% uh, per year to federal departments. Okay, that's that's just an ongoing thing. Uh, Abolish duplicate departments. I like that. Yeah. Defund ABC and SBS. Mm, Not sure. Uh, Or let them pay their own way through advertising, subscriptions and donations from their adoring fans. (laughs) 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 Okay, abolish all nanny state advertising. The role of government should be to protect people's liberty, not mould their behaviour at their own cost. Yeah, definitely agreed. Abolish subsidies for renewable energy. Yeah, I'm not... I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Remove the pointless tax slash welfare churn. The current system, state federal, involves hundreds of billions of churn where money is taxed from middle-class families and given back to the same families as direct or indirect handouts. This sort of churn is inefficient. I agree with that. Yeah, Immoral and the drain. Yeah, okay. Reduce politicians' pay by 10%. What? We want. <laughs> Wasteful decisions by irresponsible politicians have created our debt problem. The politicians should share the pain in helping pay down debt. Yeah. Yeah. Abolish taxpayer f- uh, funding of political parties. Yeah, absolutely. Get rid of that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um yeah, I, I think it's, it is it is like just, just even the sheer wastage of I remember a recent story about the Victorian state labour government who got done by the Auditor General because they spent $13 million worth of taxpayer money on political advertising which you're not allowed to do and that was when Dan Andrews had his famous comment of well they're entitled to their opinion, yeah. that's literally all that's happened. Yeah. There is no way that Australian taxpayer dollars should go towards political parties advertising to you to re-elect them yeah. to get their roles that then they get Pay increases during a global pandemic. Right. Just do the red. Um, okay, so low flat income tax, a $40,000 tax free threshold, index to end bracket creep. Interesting. Um, that's probably something that's not really been spoken about. The $18,000 tax free threshold has not been touched for a long, long time. No, so it's irrelevant, yeah. A flat 20% income tax above $40,000. Uh, Simplifies it. Simplified, for sure. Low flat company tax. A flat company taxation rate of 20% on profit. Remove company tax on reinvested profits.
1: Oh, I like that but I know that that just benefits me. Yeah, it is a
0: way of companies to pay zero tax, but obviously yeah. I guess reinvestment you could- But you're growing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, you wanna to go to the
1: next one? Okay, make superannuation voluntary. Uh, I will read this one. Employees should be given the option to, to taking the entire income as PAYG or opting out of superannuation contributions. Most employees will choose to continue building their retirement nest through superannuation, but others will invest, creating more jobs and growth. I think that's... It's dangerous, but... Because we... You know, I know better than anyone that Aussies don't want to invest, so they'll just just use it.
0: Yeah, forced savings is a big thing for a lot of people. No
1: more increases to default superannuation rates. We reject the increase from 10 to 12% as dead weight on business and employees. I probably agree with that. I think 10% is enough. Mm. Like, you don't need to... You don't need to force us to be an uh, 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 investing class. Yep. And like we said, they, it all goes overseas anyway. Simplify the superannuation industry. Self-managed super funds are notoriously complex and there are too many barriers for new super funds to enter the market. We support the simplification of superannuation regulation, especially self-managed super funds that would give people more control over their investment decisions financial
0: future. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Um, so, small business... Major parties lost touch with the needs of Australian entrepreneurs and small business owners, blah, 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 red tape. Entrepreneurs must have freedom to flourish. Many new migrants with a limited knowledge of the English language get into business, and in many cases that will be because they simply aren't aware of what is and what isn't permitted. They just do things. Mm -hmm. We have the benefit of having centuries of history to see what works, with very few exceptions, when a nation has embraced a low-touch regulatory framework that citizens flourish and the nation becomes strong. In 2017, the Institute of Public Affairs published a paper entitled Reducing Red Tape in Australia. The IPA found red tape costs the Australian economy $176 billion, 11% of GDP each year in foregone economic output. That's huge. Between 2013 and 2017, the Liberal government added 107,885 pages of regulation. Big business can cope with a regulatory burden but is often crippling for new and small businesses. The IPA found the share of national income accruing to family-run and small businesses had declined from 26% in 1960 to just 9% in 2019. One in, two out. For every new regulation issued, at least two prior regulations must be identified for elimination. That's this policy God. was effectively introduced in the United States in 2017. I think that's so important. Yeah. Like, we've got so much old school laws that do not apply, but they're still there, yep. which can hold you up. Remove retail trading hour restrictions. Businesses should be able to determine their own opening hours without government interference. Yeah. That makes sense freeze and and decentralize the minimum wage. The minimum wage is effectively a ban on employment for low-skill and entry-level workers and directly causes unemployment. This is the side of minimum wage talk that is the opposite of Labor and the Greens, which doesn't get spoken about enough. Um, Based on analysis from Dr. Andrew Lee, now Labor MP, the minimum wage is denying hundreds of thousands of people the chance to get a start in the workplace and the dignity that comes from having a job. Forbidding somebody from taking an $18 an hour job and then giving them even less in welfare to do nothing is nonsensical. The most effective and efficient way to help low income people is to ensure they aren't caught in the income tax system and to drive productivity growth so that wages increase sustainably. That's a hard one for people to wrap their heads around. But it is. It's... But what that means is this. If you're running a small business and you've got the opportunity between giving the 18-year-old kid fresh out of school their start in the business world or giving a 30-year-old skilled person who has worked in a similar industry before the same money, that 18-year-old kid's never going to get picked. So how does how do they get their foot in the door when they're restricted? So got to be price
1: competitive. That's right. That's how I got my start. You know, yeah. well, I could never get my job again. Where I start the industry, 20 around a year doing 60 hours a week. <coughs> yeah, that's right. Look yeah. at me now. I own a fucking Ferrari.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Son. <laughs> Australia currently has the highest minimum wage in the world, and this is particularly damaging for low-skilled workers and small businesses. When minimum wages make unskilled labour too expensive, larger businesses can afford to replace workers with machines, while small businesses just, can't, or just have to do without. State governments should be given the power to set their own minimum wages, allowing competition between them to find a more appropriate rate.
2: Okay.
1: Um, I'm reading cheap and reliable energy, free market energy, government funding, ownership, and regulation of the energy sources only to sort the market, reduce business confidence. All sources of energy should be should compete in the market on their own merits, reliability, and cost. Yeah, I believe in a free mm-hmm. market. Certainty for the energy industry. <coughs> um, no net zero emissions target. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. Abolish the renewable energy target.
0: Okay, I don't I don't agree with that either. Is there anything else on there? No. Okay. Uh, education allow schools to opt out of the national curriculum. Instead of an endless political battle over who gets to be the gatekeepers of knowledge, curriculum decisions should be devolved as soon as, uh, sorry, as close as possible to the individual level. Some schools would continue to use it, but others would opt out. More curriculum options means more choice and better matching to individual needs. Interesting. Yeah, Tasha's big on this
1: because it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Here's another one. Abolish centralised testing such as NAPLAN. A single measure of learning is a ridiculous notion and it causes real useful learning to suffer as teachers uh, teach to the test. Many teachers will say it is an impediment to quality education. An interesting point on that. I just saw there was a news article up by like newscom a few days ago which was ranking the 150 best schools in Queensland. But what they don't say until later on in the article is what they're based off is the year nine NAPLAN results from 2019 or something. So it's like you're trying to rank it based on a single test from year nine kids. That doesn't mean that... like A big problem with education is we teach kids what to think, not how to think, we... We rate them all on the same yardstick. Yeah. Everyone knows that meme of the all the different animals sitting there and the teacher sitting at the front going, All right, now all of you climb that tree, and that's what you're going to be yeah. rated on. Um, right, keep on. Interesting. Fund students, not institutions. At every level, any government funding should be go to the student through an education voucher. If an educational institution or childcare centre is offering a valuable service, they have nothing to worry about, yeah. as people use their vouch- uh, education voucher there willingly. Interesting. I like that. That was also a key of, we've spoken before about the differences between K-RUD's stimulus policy and the JobKeeper scheme. K-RUD's went directly to the people. JobKeeper went directly to businesses and we agree that going directly to the people is better. Yep. Allow new and innovative business models. Currently, there are three major cartels, the childcare industry, the school industry, and the university industry. Each of these are protected from competition by a raft of regulations that make it virtually impossible to start up and compete by using any different or innovative model. We want to see a market process where entrepreneurs can innovate and see what works. Well, you know, Michael Saylor,
1: yep. the <coughs> patron saint of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. has an online uh, university that is free. And mm. his uh, uh, view of the world is if you can get the best of the best of the best teachers teaching a class at the best ever. Mm-hmm. He wants to make that available for everyone in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you talk about women's issues, for example, everyone talks about how if you increase education in like third world countries, then women's outcomes always improve. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, on that one? Allow home education co-ops and university reform. The current university system has too little competition, too much power, not enough free speech. Senior academics often act as the high priest for big spending politicians, being paid handsomely by the government to argue for ever more government power. Australia should retain a hex style delayed payment system to ensure that everybody can always access university, but there is no good reason that non-university students should be forced to subsidise the choices of relatively more wealthy university students. There should be less regulation on setting up new universities, and universities should have to compete in terms of price and quality to attract students.
1: Cool, that's all.
0: Okay, so I'm doing free speech.
1: A free speech constitution amendment. Free speech is too important to be left to the women politicians. Uh, Liberal Democrats would campaign to add the following to the Australian Constitution. Parliament shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free sp- uh, exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people uh, peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abolish Section 18C of the Racial Discrimination Act and all similar legislation. Um, legislation such as 18C makes it unlawful to offend, insult or humiliate and hauls off who fall foul of it to uh, to and before a secret kangaroo court headed by bureaucrats of the Australian Human Rights Commission. It is a gross affront to free speech and the idea of a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Stop internet censorship. A decade and a half ago, consensus on the West was that it was necessary to censor radical propaganda, but this has led to an internet filter consisting of thousands of blocked websites for a wide range of reasons. Some of these people may be well-intentioned, but putting the power in the hands of government can rapidly turn into banning of anything that does not suit their political gender. And let's be real, the internet is a worse place now than it was when it first opened. 100%. Encourage a free and open internet. Yeah. <laughs> Much of the increasing political censorship imposed by tech companies is done in fear of regulation t- uh, being targeted then to tackle misinformation or fake news. This is particularly true in Australia, where platforms and page owners can be held liable for what is posted on uh, by their users. A clear framework of no internet censorship by the government would uh, take away much of the incentive for tech companies to censor their own content.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, I'm happy Last but not least, freedom for surveillance from surveillance, which, as we said, <laughs> yeah, end, yeah. Hey, are you a government shill? For it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Only party that we've gone through to have policy on this. No digital identity laws. I've been banging on about this a lot recently. And especially to you, because you don't get it yet, but you will. No digital identity laws. Australians should be free to buy and sell and contract with each other and free to move around and communicate with each other without having to show their papers and without intrusive governments tracking their every move. Abolish mass surveillance laws. Mass surveillance laws are an unnecessary invasion of privacy and have expanded excessively over recent decades. Whenever people can be made to be fearful, the government grabs even more power and money, which they never voluntarily relinquish. Agree with that. Stop government hacking and seizure. The government can add, copy, delete, or alter data on Australians' devices, take over online accounts, and gain access to private networks. Mentioned this last week. These powers are unnecessary and enable the government to plant evidence on Australians. Uh, dev- devolution of surveillance laws to states and territories After 9-11, surveillance laws were federalised granting the federal government too much power over Australians A return to states and territories handling surveillance laws distributes and dilutes power ensuring Australians aren't indiscriminately targeted Stop the collection of metadata Despite government promises, metadata collection has expanded to local councils The collection of metadata treats Australians as guilty without having committed a crime Yeah, absolutely Yeah Require warrants. I mean, we saw this stuff. Like, yep. I mean, even even the CDC in America just got done because they had to admit that they they used they tracked Americans' phones to make sure that they were adhering to lockdowns. Yep. Like, and that sort of stuff happened over yeah, here happened, too. Uh, yeah, we've already had the um, COVID uh, Safe app be used by law enforcement to yep. uh, prosecute someone. Require warrants for targeted surveillance of individual Australians. Surveillance must only occur after a warrant has been approved for specific individuals. The judicial system is an important bulwark against government overreach. Friendly Geordies. That was a perfect example of this. (laughs) It's still going through um, hearings at the moment because of the absolute abuse of power that the governments were um, using on him. No cash bans. Cash bans enable government surveillance by forcing Australians to pay for goods and services with traceable bank issued payment methods, example debit cards. To protect privacy, Australians must be able to trade with each other without government surveillance. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Stop attacks on encryption. The government continually attempts to undermine encryption through laws that weaken security and promotes backdoors. Australians must be able to talk to each other without surveillance. That is very very yeah. important. See that was yeah the one person talking about tech. Yeah. Focus government on improving its own cybersecurity. The government regularly fails its own cybersecurity audits. Improvement <laughs> is required to avoid foreign governments com- compromising government systems. The effort the government spends spying on Australians is better spent protecting Australians. Yeah, agreed. Free Assange,
1: Julian yes. Assange alerted
0: the world to the dangerous power of the state in the age of the internet. We will advocate for his immediate release and repatriation. Wow, <laughs> interesting. Okay, let's be really quick because this has gone yeah, on for way let's, let's summarize. <laughs> So Lib Dems, what are your thoughts? Uh,
1: look, I'm, I'm I'm pretty impressed. I do. F- I had a feeling that they're just trying to touch some hot buttons on mm-hmm. on a uh, a radicalised um, uh, base base. Yes, yeah. yeah, and and me myself being one of them. So a lot of the stuff I like, I like the tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah,
0: that's. I I agree with you. I feel like a lot of their policies are reactionary based on the last two years and aren't necessarily about um, nation building. Yep. Um, but I do I do like the fact that they're the only party really? really talking about tech. What does concern me is that the other parties, I don't think, aren't talking about tech because they don't understand it. I think they aren't talking about tech because they're actively using it. A lot of those um, you know, digital surveillance laws were passed in the last three years. Yeah. So... If they're not talking about it, it's because they're putting stuff in place to be used for against the sure. Australian people. I think something that is shockingly apparent is... the. I mean, I've had the experience of living under a liberal federal government and a Labor state government during the pandemic. And both of those governments, in my opinion, used their powers more against the Australian people than they used for the Australian yep. people. That is is very, very concerning for me. So... In summary, do you want to give a, a summary on what your thoughts are after actually reading through the policies? What do you reckon?
1: I, um, my overall feeling is that Labor's probably got the most comprehensive plan mm-hmm. out of all of them. The one that don't necessarily align with my with my values, yeah. uh, I think that
0: somewhere in, uh, do you want me to rate them in order? Oh, it's up to you. It, it depends on if that's what you want to do, but. No, just, not, just give some overall thoughts. I really like the minor ones. Yeah, I real there was some there was some real
1: practical stuff, and like like I said, I think with what's happened in the last two years, I do think it's time that we do put a warning shot mm-hmm. across the bow of the establishment. I think I think that's hugely important. I think it's something that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Look, it may it may hurt us in the very short term, but it's going to set us up better in the in the long term. Mm-hmm. It, anyone who gets in, we're going to feel pain.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, we're we're in a we're in a world of hurt. So. I'll be preferencing the minor parties. Yeah. That is something I can say for sure.
0: So my thoughts on it are, um, I agree with you. Labor appears to have the most detailed plan on what they're going to do, but they don't necessarily have the detailed plan on how they're going to make the economics of it work. Mm. And that's always been the criticism of the Labor Party in the past. Um, one thing that does really concern me is, and we can look at America as a um, uh, something we can learn from, is... If you what, what the sales pitch is at the moment between liberal and labor is the liberal party is just saying you can't trust labor with the economy, mm. like you know me, you, you trust me. No, well, a lot of people don't, but th- that's the sales pitch you, you can trust me, you don't know if you can trust them yep. to manage it. Um, so a vote for the liberal party is a vote for the norm to continue. Yep, uh, if you look at what happened in America, obviously, America had their Um, Fu to the system moment back in 2016 when they voted in Trump, and then in the last presidential election, Joe Biden's campaign message, which if he said anything at all, because he didn't say much, was "will be a return to normal," and the return to normal has not been a good thing for (laughs) us. Started a new war and supercharged inflation. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's it's have had um, supply chain issues of of illegal immigration, all, all the issues that are happening in America. Um, a lot of them got way worse after a return to normal. And yep. that return to normal included the military-industrial complex literally starting a new war, and now they're at $40 billion invested into that. Yep. So my concern is if we go to the Liberals or the Labor Party, we are just inviting a continuation of the norm, yep. and I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. Yep. Um. I do believe, it from reading all of those, I really like a lot of the things that the Liberal Democrats are speaking about. And if they could pick a couple of seats up, I think that would be a great addition to Parliament. Yep. Um, I do feel like my values and what I want for the future aligns probably the most with the United Australia Party. Right. This is me speaking from, I guess, a parent's perspective of having two young children. I don't want them to have to pay off the debt that we created. Yep. I want them to have the same opportunities that we had and in my opinion uap has got the best plan to pay down the debt and, and yep. facilitate that to happen so in all all in all i'm i'm with you i would be looking at them and preferencing a lot of those other freedom parties uh obviously if you guys do want to join in the comments pol- uh, politics is a very polarizing subject yeah we we'll reach out directly do. reach out direct um I hope you guys are stuck around this long. It has been a long one. Well, it's but been a it is, monster. The least it, you could do is give us a like. <laughs> like, share, subscribe. It is the most important election in recent memory. Yeah. Um, make sure you make your vote count. Yeah. I would suggest to all of you is to go and find somewhere to research how to vote correctly because a lot of people don't understand it. Yeah. Get yourself an understanding. Understand how preferencing works. All the bullshit about the different parties preferencing different people, forget it. It's just noise. You control your preferences. However you number the boxes is completely up to you. Take control. Participate in democracy. Yep. And let's build the
2: country that we want. And on that note, we'll see you, see you next RDO. Cheers, guys.